gentlemen boys and girls there are expiration dates on thanksgiving leftovers y'all gotta chill out with this bro like go ahead and make you like a thanksgiving like egg roll or something y'all doing the most y'all can't keep these leftovers forever <laughs> welcome back to another episode of the government podcast your checks and balances and social cafeteria two halves that make one whole which is a complete asshole it's not the rock nigga <laughs> my name is cole jackson Yeah, so there is no such thing as an expiration date, but we're going to eat them food. All that food we cook, we're going to eat it all. My name is a broke-ass nigga. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Governor Name Podcast, where you niggas took a character a little bit too serious. <laughs> you feeling, you, you reminiscing home? Hey, Doggy Style had his anniversary this week. Throw the loves up. That's a hard beat though. I like that. Had the West Coast at one time. Snoop would have killed it if he was still smoking. This delay is killing us, man. I I didn't even (laughs) the delay that we got going on. It it seems like it's increasing over the the weeks that we do this. Uh, I guess my internet is just that bad. It's about five seconds now. (laughs) I handle it in post every week. I don't know what to say, right? Yeah. Well, I try to compensate for it. But uh, Snoop Dogg would have definitely killed that beat. But, you know, uh, that's if he was still smoking. I. You want to talk about that for a second? You saw how Snoop Dogg tricked everybody and trolled us all by coming out with a smoking, a smokeless fire pit. <laughs> That was awesome. I loved it, man. I bet Meek Mills feel like he was stabbed in the back. Who? Hey, hey. We know what Uncle Snoop gonna do. We knew what Uncle Snoop was doing. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Uncle Snoop was trying to get that know. bag. We thought we did. He was like, "I'm, I'm giving up the smoke." He's gotten it. <laughs> hey, Uncle Snoop was like, "I gotta get this bag, nigga." So I did what I had to do. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it either. I, I need me a few more bags. How you week been, man? How was your holiday? Happy Thanksgiving. Oh uh, yeah, happy happy Thanksgiving. Have happy uh Thanksgiving. I, I didn't do anything, man. Uh I I uh back at back back uh back having car trouble again, so it is what it is. Yeah, I know. So it, it 
What's wrong with it now? I think I I think it's something wrong with my motor for real. So I I got to get it checked out come Monday. I got not the motor. Now. I got I got to go to uh I got to take it to a professional. <laughs> I've been taking it to I've been taking it to the shade tree for too long, bro. Oh, so I got to take it to a professional. They fixed this. They hold on. You've had the battery mm-hmm. replaced. You fixed the starter. And now you think it's the motor? Possibly. You've had two electrical issues, and now you're talking about the engine? I don't know what it is, brother. I don't know. It is on what the, it on is. the roulette. Not roulette. What is that? The slot machine of life. I don't think you would get like battery, starter, engine trouble. That that doesn't don't mesh well to me. I think it still might be something electronic. It so what be. is your truck doing or not doing? It's just not cranking up. Like it'll crank up and it'll move for like a few days and then it'll say fuck it. So I'm just gonna have to take it to a professional and see what 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 happens after that. It's gonna cost you know a lot of money. The, I don't you know what the hood money. niggas always say. What's that? You know what the hood niggas always say it is? It's the alternator. <laughs> Change that already. Do it again. <laughs> it's the timing of the alternator. It's, uh-huh. it's jacked up. Who it's knows off. what it is, man? So I, yeah. I don't know. Eh. Damn, that sucks, man. I'm. This is the wrong time to be having car trouble. Hey, it is what, like I said, it is what it is. Man. Actually, there's no actual good time to be having car trouble, but this is the holiday season, though, man. You know, this is when you you get around the people that you're supposed to love and share the the warmth and the the, the brotherhood of man and. Share gifts and fellowship with them and have a ye old good time. Mm. That's if you got money. Mm. Well, I mean, you had money last week. Mm-hmm. Money was long. That was last week. <laughs> what are you talking about? These are new weeks. <laughs> this week is new week's problems. What are you talking mm. about? Mm-mm-mm. You had money last week too, right? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> I had enough money to go buy. Well, you should have money this week. Hell no. Nah. According to how much I got paid for this damn car to get fixed. I was like, I said, I can't afford a car payment. You can't pay with no money. <laughs> you can't you can't pay with no money. So that means you got some money. I got I got a little bread in there in there, but I know where that bread finna go. That that, that, that sound that's about to be a couple sandwiches. Hey, Jesus fed a whole village of people with just two fish and hey, some bread, my nigga. That was back in them days when inflation was <laughs> we down. We can make some miracles happen. <laughs> <laughs> <Would you? laughs> they was running, nigga. They was getting away from the fairy season. Yeah, but the taxes was low. <laughs> I think I'm mixing up my timelines, but whatever. The taxes were low then. Taxes? No, nigga, they was killing. <laughs> they was killing back then. What are you talking about? Two shackles and a goat, nigga. That's your whole. That's that's it. Yeah. So it, it's it's uh it's just interesting, man. I was just like, yeah. ah, it is what it is. I'll figure it out. I said about I, I can't get it. I was like, getting a new car is just not a part of the equation. I can't I can't afford another payment. By hook or crook, I will make a way. Yeah, I'm going to figure it out. Nobody wants a payment. And everybody got to do what they got to do. I'm begging for change. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, oh, light's light breaking it up. That's what happened when you got that good shit. Mr. Richard Ed, you didn't go down. You went downhill. I am broke. You see that? <laughs> just that fast, huh? Put something in the coin. Look, just as easy as I can. You can put something on the on the cash out. There's the cash out right there. Dollar sign S H O G U N G capital G. Oh my god! Put some money in the bucket, 
and you can see niggas like me having a good ass time, like buying food, <laughs> groceries, and buying gifts for holidays. This is gonna be the most simple as Christmas ever. I am not breaking the bank this mm. year. Yeah, you're 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 um you but, are one of those people who love to give good gifts to your folks, to your peoples. Huh? Not this year, huh? Everybody gonna get a Christmas card. <laughs> they gonna get a Christmas card. They ain't gonna get that from me. Unless they pass it around. <laughs> Dollar, I'm put it at the bottom. Hey man, Dollar Tree sell Christmas cards. I'm put it at the bottom of it. Mail this to to this person. <laughs> say pass it around. <laughs> They gonna have to pay for the postage. Yeah, <laughs> and be like, "That's it. That's it." <laughs> Just add something to the coin collection. That's it. I did. <laughs> I understand why churches pass these collection plates around. I told. I told you what we need to do. They make it. I'm trying to make you pastor for a long time. Tax free. You ain't gotta pay taxes. I be your number one deacon. Can you see that? Bear, nah, cause the light too. You got your lights too good you, for for a broke nigga. Your lights are great. <laughs> the lighting in there is top notch. That's the only light I got. Mar- Marvel be Marvel be jealous. Even your ta- even your desk went smaller. Praise the Lord. Praise the. Lord. <laughs> I know. I told you we downsizing, baby. <laughs> Who is that? Samantha G in Oregon. She just added a 25 cent to the collection plate. Thank you, Samantha, Samantha G. And if you guys out there want to be like Samantha G, you could also add some money to the collection plate. That's S-H-O-G. Damn, is it backwards? Can you see that? Is it backwards on no, the camera? No, it's, it's going the right way. Can you read yes. this, nigga? <laughs> I can. I can. Okay. I keep telling you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that delay, it was like, huh? 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 <laughs> uh, I can read it. All right. Samantha G, she just added something to the collection plate. But if you guys out there want to be like Samantha, you can also find me on Cash App. That's S-H-O-G-U-N, capital G, that's Shogun G, and um, dollar sign in front of that. And I'll share half of the proceeds with my homeboy, there Cole Jackson. I'm tap dancing, too. I'm tap dancing. Hard as hell. Um, What else? Oh, Everybody, thank you. So um, Thursdays, you know, every Thursday I do a, uh, my show, my live radio show called Thursday Night Lights. Every Thursday, Thanksgiving was no different. I did Thanksgiving Night Lights. Thank you guys for showing up. Vibes, were, it was not heavy hip hop. I did a lot of light vibes. A lot of it was, just, it was just vibing. I did do some music news stories, which were kind of <laughs> the vibes weren't light on those, but. <laughs> But uh, just had a good time, man. So for everybody who showed up to Thanksgiving Night Lights, thank you, man. It was like 79. I do it every Thursday. I, I, this is the second. I think this is the second Thanksgiving that I've done Thanksgiving Night Lights. And it was pretty good. People like to come in and vibe out post-Thanksgiving okay. uh, post meal. So it was cool. So you didn't go nowhere for Thanksgiving? Well, I'm going to walk. <laughs> what the fuck was I going to do? People could pick you up. Nigga, I'm good. But you got this is what made it worse. I'm glad you said that. I did stay at home. I stayed at home. I just enjoyed the football. I made my own little Thanksgiving meal. I just did my own thing. And hey, we're gonna get to that. That wasn't on Thanksgiving though. That was yesterday. Oh shit. Outlaw Johnny Black is on streaming now. 
I said, shit, nigga, I can't mm. wait. I said, oh, shit. What, I said. What streaming service? Oh, it's on like Voodoo, uh, Amazon. You got to buy it from Amazon. Uh, but I got it off of Voodoo. Oh, you got to pay for it. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know what you mean. <laughs> so I was like, I said, oh, shit. Outlaw Johnny Black. I said, you know what? Nothing's going to make my Thanksgiving more brighter than watching a, a, a sequel to one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, Black Dynamite. Let's hit play on this. I said, shit, I ain't got shit else to do. I, uh, Thursday Night Lights over with. I'm just going to sit back and chill. <sighs> Michael J. White, you probably will kick my head off don't. of this, but that was the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. That shit was horrible. That shit was horrible. It was... I say, how do y'all, how do you fuck this up? How do you fuck it up? That shit was terrible. It was unbelievably bad. And not in a good way. It was bad. Like. What made it bad? I'm glad you asked, Shogun. Well, do you do you remember watching Black Dynamite and he was like, man, them them vibes, them 70 vibes and how they filmed it and everything like this? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in like 4K. <laughs> Western that this Western was in 4K. Like crisp and clean and good look look great. Secondly, okay. I don't know what happened to the comedy writing or the writers who wrote the comedy for Black uh-huh. Dynamite, but them niggas is gone. Like None of the jokes landed. There were barely jokes there. Mm. It kind of felt like they were going mm. for a serious type of vibe. And I'm like, I don't get it. Mm. It was just very, very, very bad. They got they brought everybody from Black Dynamite. All of it. Tommy Davidson, Ken Whitley. Uh, I can't remember the thing who played Bullhorn. He was there. Everybody, they had, it should have worked. Horrible. Like, I don't know if Michael J. White forgot how to be funny, but he wouldn't even. Like, the jokes he was doing didn't even land. Like, nothing landed on here. It felt very serious. So, what's the story about? I said, y'all, I said, it was probably two times in that in that whole, and the, and the movie's two plus hours. And I laughed twice. Twice. I said, there's no way y'all supposed to fuck this up. I, I kind of got bothered because they, they, took, they took so much effort into making Black Dynamite look like a 70s movie so why didn't they put that type of effort into it bothered me that they were making this western movie and it don't even look like a western like it really looked like it was not even for the time frame that they was in i was very disappointed i literally i can tell if i like a movie or not when i pick up my phone and just start look you know swiping through and i don't do that even though i've seen black dynamite 50 million times i never pick up my phone (laughs) unless it's ringing because that shit is hilarious I don't know what they did. I don't know who told. Maybe because they had a budget. <laughs> I don't know. That movie's horrible. And if I paid for it, I would want my money back. I didn't even know it was out. Did it? Yeah, what it's did on streaming uh, now. The reviewers say. I didn't even look. Because, again, I'm going off the history of Black Knight. Same cast. You just put them in a different time. And there you have it. They gave it. It's, I was. They gave it a sixty-five percent tomato review from Rotten Tomato, and then the audience score was ninety-two percent. I don't trust Rotten Tomato no more. 
ever since people start review bombing mm-hmm. movies, I don't fuck. Well, with I mean, them. I always look at the audience to kind of compare what they, they say versus what the uh, critics say. I love the style of Michael Jai White films. This is one is enjoyable. It touched me in so many areas. I just had the right amount of well-timed humor. There's also messages throughout the movie that you miss if you are not familiar with the style and the humor of this setting. Great. I like seeing it on the big screen. Uh, I don't know. These could have been just... They, all of these movies, uh, reviews, are from September the 18th, 16th, and 21st. So it could have been somebody who worked for the company. Mm. Dang, man. Yeah. I was hoping that was going to be a good movie. I was like, damn, it went a hell of a way for me to end my Thanksgiving. I said, this is bullshit. I said, this is horrible. I was like, damn. And then I was like, let me go back and watch Black Dynamite. Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I'm wrong. Dynamite. Dynamite. I threw that shit before I came in the room. (laughs) See what I'm saying? There's nothing in, in Outlaw Johnny Black like that. You see how I said something? You you immediately started laughing. Yeah, because he kicked no, it. He was it. already I, fighting and kicked the dude, and then all of a sudden, the shit just come out of nowhere. He's like, "I threw this shit before I came in the right. room." Like what? Mm-mm. Nope. Oh Mm-mm. man. Nah, man. Outlaw Johnny Black was a dud, man. <sighs> Pretty disappointed. That that was. I said, "Well, that's one way to yeah. end your Thanksgiving." Having a shitty ass movie. That shit was terrible. And I hate saying that because typically I like Michael mm-hmm. Jai White movies. And when he's serious and do like the undisputed stuff, it's still good. But when he was doing that comedy bag, even Undercover Undercover Brother 2 is better than this shit. And that shit is not good either. Wow. But I laugh more in Undercover Brother 2 than I did on Outlaw Johnny Black. Undercover Brother 2 had some moments. But yeah, it. it they were few and far in between. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're talking so, about movies, I watched uh, Equalizer 3. Have you seen that yet? No, oh, I have man. not. Oh, well, I'm going to start with the Rotten Tomato. <laughs> Rotten Tomato critics gave it a 76%. The audience gave it a 94%. And I give it two thumbs up. I highly recommend this movie. It's kind of like Training Day meets John Wick. And... It's just cool to see. I'm a Denzel Washington stan, I guess. And he just, mm-hmm. he blows it out of the park. His acting is amazing. But this movie right here, it wasn't even about him. It's about <laughs> the setting. They're in Italy. And it's basically like the mafia taking over this small town and picking on people. And, and Denzel Washington being the fish out of water comes to town. And it's like, I'm not accepted anywhere. But I kind of like these people because these people are outcasts too. And then he's like, you're bothering and bullying these people. Ah, I don't like that. You should stop it. And they're like, who are you going to tell us to stop it? You're nobody. Get out of here. And then it kind of snowballs from there. They mess up and he kills one and it snowballs and kills another. And then some shit happens in that movie. And I was just like, fuck, I would love to see a John Wick versus Equalizer. If they could ever do that. I think John Wick would probably kill Equalizer, but. This will be a good movie. But yeah. I've been planning on watching that too. It probably picked spirits up after watching Johnny Black. You want to see a black <laughs> hero do some good shit? This is the one. <laughs> I'll put a quarter in the back for that. Um, <laughs> thank you. <A-G-B laughs> yeah, A-G-B. For, uh, I appreciate you. Thank Woo. you. 
<laughs> we got the roof flood coming on. Times it, is hard. Shit. Times are hard. Now, how was your Thanksgiving, brother? Man, I had an amazing Thanksgiving, I will say. I, I went down to Montgomery to see my folks. Uh, I've been off from work for four days back to back to back. So I, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so I left. I left Muscle Shows, Florence, wherever you want to call it. I left here uh, Wednesday night after work. So I literally spent five days with my parents and everybody. Well, the majority of five days. Man, it's hard going back home because you get you fall right back into place. And it's like my family's house is like a sitcom almost because every other day is something different. Uh, we have true characters in my family. So <laughs> somebody would just pop in kind of like, you know, random ass sitcoms and be like, oh, snap, special guest star, my drunk ass uncle. <laughs> so drunk ass uncle with a cane. And you're like, uncle, why do you have a cane now? <laughs> he tells me this story. I had so many family stories. He told me this story that he was like, yeah, yeah, nephew. Uh, one day I was driving home from work and I ran out of gas. <laughs> he said I was going down the hill and I was able to coast all the way down the hill. I was a few minutes away from the house, so I was going to try to just make it home. Coast down the hill, but then I had to get up the hill. So him and his homeboy was riding. They both hopped out. He got out the car, you know, pushing on the driver door and trying to steer the car at the same time. He pushing it up a hill. My uncle is uh, like 55 plus. So he trying to push the car up a hill and lost control and slipped. And when he slipped, he fell. And when he fell, the car railed back over his foot. And well, actually his leg and kind of smushed his leg. So Damn. went to the hospital. He went to the hospital. I was like, dang, Unc, you all right? I said, did, it, did you break a bone or something? He said, yeah, my foot, my, my leg looked flat like a pancake. I said, dang, they put you on a cast? He's like, nah, they just bandaged you. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> Wrapped it up. <laughs> I've been walking on this cane ever since. I'm like, bro, you probably got a broke bone. <laughs> but you know how black people are. We don't go to the doctor. <laughs> he was hobbling around, but he made his way, you know, to Thanksgiving dinner. He got him a plate and everything. So mm. he was straight. It was cool kicking it with him, though. He was telling me about his love of Pap's Blue Ribbon. I was like, what? <laughs> the beer of choice. Like, that beer is nasty. Wow. <laughs> Not My to him. Oh, well, he loved it. This was the longest he'd gone without drinking because there was no alcohol at, the, at my family's house. Well, no alcohol that we had access to. So <laughs> my dad had a little <laughs> stash somewhere, but uh, he don't share. He's he greedy when it comes to that. But um, he was just telling us stories about, you know, growing up with my pops and stuff. It was kind of cool doing that. But I did find out this is the next character that showed up. My random ass auntie, she showed up and um, <laughs> she was telling us all about her trip. She was coming from South Carolina and uh, <laughs> her and my dad don't get along. She's my mom's sister. So they don't get along. And through, throughout childhood, I always thought my dad just didn't like my mom's sister because his family, they influenced mm. what's going on inside the house. Well, I, I think I might have figured out why my dad doesn't like my sister. And it makes me look at my whole childhood a little bit different on my sister, my mom's sister. Um, so <laughs> he was like, what is that you, in your hand? He was kind of combative with her. So it's kind of like a relationship between Pam and uh, Martin. They're always joking and going back and forth. So he was like, what you got in your hand? It was a it was a, a pillow. 
for some reason, she brought this random ass pillow, gave it to my mom, but whatever. I don't know. But <laughs> she was like, don't worry about it. Last time I gave you something, you changed your whole attitude about me. And I, and I was like, huh? It's like, yeah, ask your daddy about the, uh, the hooch that I brought him from New Jersey. My dad was like, we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> and so me, I'm like, you ain't going to stop me from asking questions. So I'm like, dad, what's she talking about? She was like, oh, no, nah, just, you know, back in the day we, we had this drink. So she said, nah, go on, tell him. <laughs> you know, that's never good to hear <laughs> when mm-hmm. Thanksgiving time. Go on, tell him. <laughs> it's, some, it's some tragic, <laughs> some tragedy behind that statement. So my auntie was like, nah, I have brought your dad. This corn liquor from upstate, you know, moonshine, corn liquor mm-hmm. from New Jersey. And so my dad started telling me, it's like, yeah, she gave us some 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 corn liquor. It was me, Aunt Mouse, his family friend, and then another family friend. And he was like, yeah, we was all in that back room at the old house drinking. And, you know, it was it was something probably about this big, a little small thing, a uh, glass, a jar, mason jar of liquor. And we started drinking it, and it was so smooth, but we ended up drinking all of it. And, you know, <laughs> that night and the next morning, I uh, I called everybody, and I asked them, how y'all feeling? Because I had a hangover, and, and Mouse had a hangover, and my other friend had a hangover. We all had hangovers. But uh, that night, three babies was born. So I found out that <laughs> I was the product of some corn, <laughs> some moonshine from New Jersey, my nigga. So my whole childhood is flashing through my head. I'm like, so you don't like my auntie because she gave you some liquor that got you so drunk that you impregnated my mom and had my ass, nigga. You don't like me? <laughs> I, was, I was dying laughing like, bro, this is the, the secret origin story of me. <laughs> Damn. Corn liquor. My homeboy, my homeboy Corey, he's like a month older than me, uh, younger than me. And it's like, oh, we really was born around the same time. It's like, wow, this is crazy. So yeah, corn liquor, man. It did the body right. <laughs> Bro, that is a good ass song. <laughs> I was born by the liquor. <laughs> hey, you on to something right there? Hey, I got change gonna come. <laughs> change gonna come. <laughs> Thank you, Carisha B, for sending us some more money. <laughs> we get right. a lot of donations here, guys. Please don't forget. Hey, put the bucket up, nigga. We need oh, that. Put man, the bucket up. You gotta get a. We gotta fix Cole Jackson's car. We gotta fix my car. We gotta help uh, help Shogun get some presents for Christmas. My, please, your please, car please. is more important. I need you mobile. <laughs> <laughs> this shit don't work when your license out. <laughs> Who gonna host the show? <laughs> you want me to call in from the phone? How long your charge last? Oh, let me go to the car. Oh, never mind. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that hurts me, bro. I'm, God, that hurts. All right, <sighs> let me ask you. This is another story I found out. So you you remember we was talking about Bo Jackson, right? Yeah, he beat Jesus in a race. Might as well. <laughs> How everybody seems to have a story of Bo Jackson in Alabama, right? Most yeah. some most people do. You know, if you brought up in yeah. the eighties, so somehow Bo Jackson comes up. And I was like, oh, yeah, all kinds of crazy stories about both. Oh, we was watching football. We was watching the Alabama State uh, versus Tuskegee game. 
And yeah. somehow we started talking about Bo Jackson. I was like, yeah, Bo Jackson. And then my dad says, hey, Bobby, my mom's name. He's called my mom. Hey, hey, you know, you remember when Bo Jackson came to the house? I was like, nigga, what? <laughs> Why do I not know Bo Jackson came to our house? <laughs> he's like, yeah, at the old house again. A lot of shit happened at the old house. So he's like, yeah, uh, it was during the time my mom was a teacher and she was doing alterations on a prom dress. Apparently, one of the students came. Well, I don't know if it was a student, but some young man came with a dress who needed to be alter, altered. And uh, his date came inside the house. And my dad was outside talking to some guy named Bo. And he tried to offer him to come inside. And he just he refused. He was like, nah, I just want her to get her thing so we can go. But apparently, my family knew or met Bo Jackson and helped him out. Damn. It was like small world. You would never know. Did that man pick up? Did he? Did your dad ask him to pick up a car? <laughs> no. Hey, but I hey, asked, pick that I, car up real quick. I asked him about the story. I said, "You heard the story of him jumping out of a lake without even bending over?" He was like, "That don't sound like it's true. I think that's just one of them Chuck Norris legends." <laughs> was like, okay. It was on ESPN. <laughs> hey, I'm not... look. My now estranged dad is, is a little different now that I know I was born off of corn liquor. Was born <laughs> from the liquor. I like that song. Didn't want All right. that son to be so, around. Change so, gonna come. So, so in a surprising twist of events, the day <clears throat> after Thanksgiving, my girlfriend shows up. She drove from Huntsville all the way down to Montgomery, and she spent a little time with my family in there. We actually just left earlier today, so about two days. Mm-hmm. So, my girlfriend. My brother, his wife, and myself all chose to play Monopoly. My girlfriend's a Monopoly fanatic. She loves this stuff. So mm, we set up too. Monopoly, boom, at the table. We all getting ready to play. Monopoly would change you, nigga. Like, it, it, it unlocked a demon inside of me. It's supposed to. It's supposed it to. You, it teaches you what real capitalism <laughs> is all about. I didn't like the man that I became. I became a kingpin. My brother I, needed some money. Look, look, my brother needed some money. Beg. Get on your my, knees and My brother needed some money, and I wanted some property that he had. I said, sell me those properties, and, and I give you this money. I said, I even pay more. I was willing to give him $1,000 for these two properties that I wanted that he had. His pride was like, no, I don't want that. I want you to, you know, just give him the loan or something. I don't even know why he didn't want to take that that chance but he argued with me. I was, it might have been but he was arguing with me and i said you know what no when i said no a little piece of me died i said no and he he lost he just he bowed out of the game because he went bankrupt and this we his girl his his wife is kind of new to you know america and whatnot and we was kind of teaching her the ropes of she never played this game so we teaching her the ropes and she don't know how to do this and all this and my girl she know how to play it so she's like helping her out as best as possible so she lands on boardwalk and we're all telling her you should buy that buy that piece of property and she bought it okay so she ended up landing on park place and bought that too so you know that's like the most valuable pieces on the game so she started buying houses and stuff. But as the game pro- progressed, I had a whole strip, like a whole U from, from where the jail was all the way around the border. I had all that shit sold up. I was like, you better not never come to my block. <laughs> I right. started locking niggas down. I was like, look, I hate going to your neighborhood because that shit is terrible. My neighborhood is gentrified and we got hotels all over this. 
So anytime you land on my shit, it's a thousand dollars, ten, a thousand four hundred, something like that. It, it, I was knocking them over the head. I became a kingpin. She ran out of money, and I said, "I don't do loans. <laughs> Sell me your property." <laughs> I started yes. taking a property. <laughs> so it was it was her. She was down to her last, and my girlfriend, and then myself. I had this shit sold up. My girlfriend had a street, but it wasn't nothing for real. She had the railroads though. So <laughs> I made a bad roll and I ran, I just I landed on Park Place. And this is after she done built it up and she got like houses, hotels, and all this stuff on there. So I owe her like two thousand dollars for landing on her stuff. And I had it at the time. I was balling out of control. I was rich, richer mm, than them. Yeah. And I was just balling out of control. So <laughs> I made a I, I spun the block, spun the block again, and I pulled one of them chance cards. That chance card hit me for a hundred. And I was like, I ain't worried, I got it. I they started depleting my funds. <laughs> and once I lost my funds, they started ganging up on me. So everybody started mm. coming at me because I was the, the kingpin of the, of the neighborhood. And they siding with her. My brother come back talking about, yeah, you should do this. You should do that. I'm like, man, no, we don't. <laughs> I called him broke. I said, you don't listen to broke people. <laughs> I felt a little, that demon inside kept coming out. I was like, man, what is this? But man. It was it was fun. It was awesome. I ended up losing the game. She, uh, my brother's wife, she won, and it was cool teaching her how to play Monopoly. But I never realized how cutthroat Monopoly can be. Oh, I love Monopoly just for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so it's different ways to play. It's different. different it's different house rules also right. because a lot of people don't like the way I play. Is you roll doubles, you get another roll. Yeah, we uh, did that. You, you go to jail, the jail money goes to free parking. If you land on free parking, you oh. get that money. Yeah, okay. we play like that. So whatever yeah. the jail money is, like when people go to jail and it like, so how we used to play was you can try to roll out of jail. Like if you mm. get to your turn and you in jail, you can try to roll a double to get out or you just go ahead and pay up front. And when you pay up front, the money goes to free parking. So you put the oh. money under the free parking That's and good. whoever lands on free parking gets that. Um, we used to do a lot of shit. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I used to wheel and deal with motherfuckers, see. Yeah, we was doing that, cut deals on the side. I'd be like, "Look, I'll pay your way out of jail." But every time <laughs> I said th- three, when you when you go past go three times, that money comes to me. Give me that money. Times. Yeah, <laughs> you owe me money, so I'll right. let you. I'll let you keep your property. But when you pass go, give me them two hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. I used to sew up like a li- see my my, <laughs> nigga sold my up. plan used to be different. I used to sew up. I was like, let me get all the railroads. And <laughs> Look at the, the dope boy talk. Waterwork. I said, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the shit niggas need. <laughs> He's like, you can you can have all them hotels. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but if I got the electric company, nigga, you got to see me. You got to see me, me, nigga. Right. Right. And I used to get the my my strategy too. I used to get the little broke. Stuff first, like the little mm-hmm. Virginia, like when you pass go, you get like oh, yeah. Virginia way, and I, yeah, I used to sew that up real quick because niggas always land they on that pass shit. over it. Exactly, they land on it. <laughs> the roads be I'm, bad, so niggas I'm who pass taxing. over there, right? I build that shit up. <laughs> Next thing you know, niggas be on me. I was like, shit, you know what yep. you, you know what you got to do. I got yep. a strategy to it. Yeah, but yeah, Monopoly's yeah, the shit. Like, Monopoly, you is gotta learn, le- <laughs> and you gotta. Le- <laughs> Y'all have a banker? Who's the banker? My girlfriend was, because she used mm. to be a banker. She was good See, with I the money. Play, I used to be banker, too, and I'd be like, well, you know, I, I can give you a loan, but 
<laughs> what you gonna do for me? You feel yeah. me? <laughs> I used to have people sell their property back to me. I oh, said, yeah. you either sell it to the bank or you can sell it to me. Give me some you of them houses. I used How much them houses worth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was it What's down. it worth for you? Niggas be wanting to stay at that be their problem. They want to bow out of Monopoly. Right. <laughs> I said you can either sell it to me now or you're gonna go broke. <laughs> Whichever right. way you want. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like this. I didn't like this feeling, but I just it was so natural. <laughs> but man, <laughs> the tables turned because I needed a loan and nobody would give me a loan. <laughs> nah, you you have to go into Monopoly with a strategy. All man, we used to play all the time. <laughs> And I always, that was my strategy. I said, I'm going to sew up every, I said, every railroad. I'm going to get every railroad and I'm going to get the electric company and the waterworks. I said, get them, get all that shit locked down. Yeah. And yeah. then niggas going to land on it regardless. Gonna and that's going to yep. get me straight. Yeah. And, you know, I've worried about the property. I get the little shitty ass properties. And then I, I, I figure out, I figure out shit to do mm-hmm. with them chance cards. They'll fuck you up. Oh, they will. <laughs> and I was taking chance after chance after chance. I didn't care. I was like, give it to me. I, I had the money. It wasn't going to affect me, baby. I'm rich as you I used to flip my get out of jail free cards. <laughs> <laughs> I used to flip them hoes. I'm like, I shit. sold one. Yeah. <laughs> my brother was locked up. I said, hey, you. I mean, come on. What you going to do? Was it, was it worth to you? <sighs> Man, it was fun, though. It's definitely fun. It just unlocked yeah. the demon inside of me. So I, I don't know who came up with Monopoly, but that was one of the smartest. Th- that game has lasted the test of time, bro. Like it really has. I fucking love Monopoly. It really has. And that's that's the funny part. It's even better when you have your family around because everybody's playing the game. Everybody's having a good ass time. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a holiday spirit. Let me ask you, did y'all as a family ever play games, card games, or anything around the holidays? Spades. That's why I got my stripes in spades. Mm, spades yeah. was when we used to get together as family, man. That was it. When my uncle was alive, when when both my uncles was alive. Yeah. When my when my granny was alive, that was it. Like I was striving to go to the adult spade table. Now <laughs> the here's adult the thing. table, bruh. <laughs> Not to not to eat with them. I'm talking about yeah, the adult spade. There was a, the adult spade table. It was kids. Now, the way it worked in my family was you had to be whooping the ass at the kids table to play with the grown. To come folks. over to the adults. Right? My goal was <laughs> my goal was to play my to, to play my uncle. So I had mm. to get good. I got really good at spades. And uh, shit, once I got on that adult table, I was like, I'm gonna whoop your ass, nigga. That nigga beat the nigga shit made out of me. Like, he said, "There's no dog. mercy now." You know, you know, you a man now. Yeah, you a man now, <laughs> Craig. Things gonna be digging around here. <laughs> that's kind of so, like um, a tradition in a black family, though, right? Cards. Yeah, like that's the thing too. Like that was for me. That was like normal when we used to have. To me, our Thanksgiving used to be that. Like we get dinner. We would usually eat dinner at around noon or whatever. Yeah. The the the, the <clears throat> Thanksgiving dinner used to be like early for us and we spend the rest of the time just talking to each other, playing spades and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, that was that used to be my goal. I was like, I'm going to the adults table. And then it got to a point where when I finally get was able to consistently get to the adults table, I started getting better at spades, you know Hell what I'm saying? Yeah, you started learning couple, them strategies. <sighs> won me a couple games every now and again, you feel me? But like yeah. when people be like, we never did that in my house. I was like, 
I hate it for y'all's family. Exactly. You don't really know your family until you start playing games like that. You learn that mm-hmm. some people can't un- they can't deal with that pressure. <laughs> some people don't know how to negotiate. You know how some niggas is crooked as hell too, old cheap oh, yeah. ass niggas. <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely. You ever had any fights? Or anything break out? For for us, we used to play video games all the time and cards and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But stuff would set you off. My my uncles and my aunts would be drinking. They argue, but nobody would come to blows or nothing like that. You ever had actual fights? Hell yeah. That'd be on my dad's side, though. <laughs> well, let me tell you about this guy's side of the family. A Wichita Falls man has been arrested after a card game led to a violent altercation resulting in the man injuring his mother. According to the affidavit, on November 23, 2023, a Darion Holt was arrested on charges stemming from a Thanksgiving Day family conflict. A WFPD officer was dispatched to the 5300 block of Northview Drive in reference to an assault on Thursday. Holt told the officer he and his brother had gotten into an argument over a card game during Thanksgiving. Holt then said that his brother also put hands on his wife earlier that day. Holt then proceeded to grab a knife and attempted to stab his brother, but accidentally cut his mother, who stepped in between as an attempt to stop the altercation. Holt was arrested for aggravated assault and family violence for attempting to stab his brother with a deadly weapon. Holt was transported to the Wichita County Jail on a $10,000 bond. I 1,000% believe that story. I do too. And I, I can see it in my head. <laughs> you know, Maul trying to stop. Come on now, y'all stop all that fuss. And he stabbed. How oh, you gonna shit, stab mama? Stab. Oh, How God you gonna stab damn. mama? <laughs> oh, Jesus, he done stabbed her by the whole son. You always try to do this shit, ho. That's why we don't invite you around here no more. <laughs> <laughs> you always think you better damn. than everybody just because you drive a Beamer. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's how you tell if someone's successful. God damn. <laughs> It'd be like that. You just all you got is a Lexus. Nigga, I can get a Lexus too. I had a Lexus. Yeah, that's key word. Hold, you had a Lexus. Had one, bitch. Yeah. I had a Lexus too. She was my girlfriend first. You stole it back in high school. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, how do these niggas cut their mama? She shouldn't have got in the way. I would be honest. <laughs> My mom would you definitely try to get when in the way. Fighting. If me and my brother was fighting, my mom would step in. Stop, stop yeah, all that. You better my come in with be that yelling, pistol. Hey, 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 I told y'all, stop all that. Better come <laughs> in with that gun. Then I ain't get your mind right. <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do, Rodney? You gonna shoot me? <laughs> <laughs> look like somebody got fucked up. <laughs> I'm, that's funny that you said that. I just found out also one of my um, my cousins just got out of prison for doing 20 years. We was like, oh, yeah, because his mom swung by the house and she was telling us to run down to update on everything. So we were like, oh, yeah, he out? Oh, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, I don't understand how these boys are so proud of doing their time. And I was just like, well, shit, they finally accomplished something. You know, in you a way mine. you've been... You've been a failure your whole, I ain't going to call him a failure, but you've failed at things in your whole life. You finally did something to, to completion. I'll be proud of it too. Mm-hmm. But this was my my cousin. He robbed a bank and they, they was chasing him. 
<laughs> while they were chasing him, the news camera had it on film, and he was throwing the money out the window <laughs> trying to get rid of it. <laughs> the but fuck this, is that? Hey, the first time. You ain't going to catch me, cuz. <laughs> yeah. This, this is the killing part. He robbed like two banks before they caught him. So on the third bank, <laughs> and he did it successfully. But they got him for that. That was the final straw. But before that, he was boosting cars. He was stealing. He stole like an 18-wheeler and drove it from New Jersey and came down to Alabama with it. Damn. Damn. Hey, man. <laughs> It'd be like that. This leads me into, this leads me into a question right. that, that I, I need to know. How greedy are you? Me? Yeah. I don't think I'm greedy. I don't think everybody I'm got greedy. A, everybody got a level of greed, bro. I, what's the test of my level of greed? Well, like, let's I'm take a, your cousin, for instance. Okay. He robbed two banks, went for three. Well, I would have like, stopped at first. He had two. He had two banks worth of money, and he was like, "I got to get more." Mm-hmm. That he got a little too greedy and got caught. So well, we're like, "What's your level of greed?" Like when it when it comes to you, when it comes to like, man, I need, I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna these riches. What do you greed? Basically, is what the willing see, the willingness to do whatever you need to do to get your money. See, a lot of people look at Scarface and they want to be the biggest. I never want to be the biggest. I'm Carlito's way. I want to get out the game. I want to go. I want to get mines and get gone. So I would have stopped at one bank, but that bank heist would have been enough. Well, my cousin, what my cousin went wrong was he got locked up for stealing cars. And when he got out, his mom passed away. And when she died, he lost his mind and he just went crazy. He had no money. He had no job. So he just started robbing shit. And, uh, that sent him over the edge, but he doing good though. You know, he's he trying to do right. Mm. But yeah, I think I would just rob one one bank and I'm out. Definition of greed. Intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, and food. Mm. All right, how greedy are you? How broke am I? <laughs> <laughs> Today's bro. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm more. <laughs> yeah. I want. I would much get rather want the. Re- I would much rather want the respect instead of the, the the money. Nigga, like, is you crazy? If you respect it, <laughs> if you respect it, if you have power, well, I shouldn't say well respect. I should say the power. The power. If you have the power, the money comes. Mm. Okay. If you're okay. powerful, man, if you're a powerful person, you can make shit happen mm. and be rich. Regardless, you know what you. I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes in the you know, the power probably sometimes is better than having all that money. Cuz you can hey, this 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 needs to be done, this needs to be done, get that done. Mm. And you know, you can make shit connect or you can make shit Disappear <laughs> within twenty four hours. Ooh, <laughs> man! That nigga, they they call you Plan B on the streets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Plan B. Ooh, shit! Who that? Oh, that's Plan B coming. Hey, y'all, tuck your chains in. Here come Plan B. And then you got to think, man. The willingness. To, I mean, you can still be. I think you could be greedy in a good kind of way. Like you could be. Oh, your worth. Your work ethic can be like. You know, you could just be like, ain't nobody going to outwork me. And yeah. be like, to get to where you need to get to. It's, it's good greed out there. And 
Sometimes yeah. we hide, hide uh, greed behind what is it like ambition? Um, yeah, ambition. Like, yo, he's such an ambitious person. I was like, that's that's kind of greed. That's kind of mm-hmm. like being greedy. But it, it's also about what drives you. A lot of people are motivated by different factors. Like for me, the money is always going to be the motivator. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go get up and go to work every day because I like paying bills. I like these lights to flip on when I flip that switch. But it's some people that feel like this is just a stopgap to where I'm trying to go next. So their ambition is going to make them work 10 times harder to try to impress somebody so they can get a better job. But most of the time, they don't work. Mm-hmm. You know, your ambition can only carry you as far as your talents will. Hmm. I just came up but with But can't that. you get, you can learn how to do other shit and still be talented. Yeah, yeah. Talent. Yeah. Talent isn't just natural, though. Talent, you can mm. develop. You know? I don't have an example. Yeah. But, yeah, like martial arts, boxing. You have to learn how to throw a punch. You know, as you develop the skill of punching, you you learn how to bob and weave. You learn how to counter punch, mm-hmm. the jab. That's talent that's developed over time. Yeah. And it's, people say it's raw. Sometimes you just have raw talent, and it has mm-hmm. to be molded into Something mm-hmm. that's constructive and they can move forward with it. Yeah. That's acceptable. Sometimes. It's very acceptable. And it's acceptable in most hoods, a gun. So if you broke and you walk up into that convenience store, <laughs> I ain't broke no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I think I think there's a such thing as good greed. People call it ambition. I say greed is greed, no matter what. You I like that. Good greed is a good way to put it. I watched the uh, the Grio Awards on NBC. Brian Allen's Grio the Awards. Did you have you heard of that? I don't even know what that is. That's what I said. It was after the football game, uh, the Iron Bowl, and um, it was just on NBC, and we seen all these black people. It was like uh, Kevin Hart was there, Eddie Murphy was there, The Rock was there. Uh, <laughs> what's her name they ready oh shit what's her name she just got arrested for the DUI oh Tiffany Haddish yeah Tiffany Haddish was there it was like a lot DUI. of yeah it was uh, Denzel Washington was there it was a lot of black excellence in the room but basically the, the man who owns the weather channel Brian Allen he was giving out a, an exceptional reward called the Grio Awards and um I was watching it with my dad, and I was like, "Yo, that's Denzel Washington." We kind of wanted to see his acceptance speech for his reward, uh, mm-hmm. his uh, his award. And he said, "What I quote? He said, man gives you a ward, the award, right? And God gives you the reward.'" I was like, "Yo, that's kind of dope." It's like you got to be able to give what you can here on this normal plane, but your ultimate reward is doing right and treating people the right way. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of dope, but you should check out the Grio award. It was, it was a G R I O. It's a website, but I guess they got an award thing now, but, um, Hmm. That's interesting. I do want to talk about some new music. If you feel like doing that before we get into the rundown. I'm, I'm down if you're down, homie. I listen to Scary Hours. Just the six songs, right? Not the whole. I listened to the whole album again with the six songs. Oh. I didn't. I'm, I was driving. I did a lot of driving, so I had to have something to oh, listen yeah, to. You, <laughs> you driving to Montgomery? That is a that yeah. is a long it's way. A, three hours. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So Drake is definitely rapping hard in this album or in those six songs. His effort is not unnoticed. It's just Drake is very one dimensional when he writes to me. I, maybe it's I don't connect with him, but it seemed like he was trying his best to stick with these cadence. And once he found a pocket, he didn't do any kind of tricks or anything to kind of dress it up or have any kind of syllable flips or anything like that. He was just one note with the rhymes, which the rhymes was cool, mm. but I couldn't mm. really find any takeaways from it. And I find that shocking with somebody of his stature that I would think he would have more quotable rhymes than what he does. Like, do you have quotes that you have from, from Drake? Quotes? Yeah, like do you ever listen stuff? to his music? No, just, boy, I know his old music, but from this album, do you have any lines that you took? It was like, yo, that's that's a good bar. It's, he does what I call caption rap, where people, mm-hmm. they, they quote him, but it's only for the qu- captions on IG, you know? Right. Like, what was that yeah. one? She been dressing, she been wearing less and going out more. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. that was kind of cool. What is like, yeah. or well, the right. the one where he was just like, don't forget, um, in desires when he was just like, uh, what he was saying, he he was talking about how she was going out to them beaches, and he was like, don't forget who who took you to those beaches first, mm-hmm. or in the new one when he was uh, when he was talking about. Uh, <laughs> He said, "She gonna gonna root for your man." The court, he's he, your man out there throwing, but he ain't even start. He was talking about uh, her oh, being damn. a him being a quarter quarterback. Uh, yeah, the James Harden one. Yeah, that that was um, funny. The whole song um, was about this lady, and then she ended up <laughs> messing around with James Harden. And then my uh, my brother knew. I liked how that song went because he was basically that was him basically talking about himself. But then, but but not never mind that. That was my, my brother. My brother knew. Mm. Um, there's some songs on there. I listen to so much rap, bro. Like I can't, I can't just be like. It's some quotables out there. I always be like, I got more slaps than the Beatles. I like that verse where he's um talking about um the song with, or first person shooter where he he was uh just you about can't to, mean, you, I'm, mean. I'm one. I'm no. I'm one away from Mike, nigga. Beat it <laughs> like that. Um. What else? I pack them on in like a sardines. I like. (laughs) I don't like that. I don't like it either. (laughs) And it's the it's the for on that. I like his delivery on that, but I wish he would have did a different type of rhyme with that delivery. That's exactly what my problem is. Sardine, Martine. I'm like, you could (laughs) have found a different Claudine, Martine. So I'm like, it works, but it's just too simple. The delivery was dope as fuck. It's just, yeah. I'm like, when he was just like, man, I, I put a, <laughs> he said, I typed her, typed her in my phone and it said Teens, Marlene, Sardine, Marlene, and they all packed up in him like some sardines. Uh, she she said, sit the naked pics, it's the small things. I'm like, you could have took that delivery and, and if you had had a different rap with it, it would have been way better than that. Way better. The back and forth he hit uh the, the other J. Cole song that he has on there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was I love that nice. juggling back. I was like, oh, that shit, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was like, okay, I, I could okay. listen to a whole album with these two guys. I think people need to give more that that scary hours three don't don't work without the producers he picked. Without Alchemist, without 
conductor, without Overlook, without Boy Wonder, without those producers, that scary hours don't work. Mm. That's a personal, that's a that's me. I'm like, you knew who to get to be able to get you some rapping mm-hmm. um production. So that that helped out a whole lot. <laughs> that helped out a whole lot. So mm. I, I enjoy it. Like I said, I like I like my version better. The version I put together, 14 tracks, in and out, less than an hour. My I like my version better. That's why I like rappers like Dunn Trip, because when he's rapping, he actually says a lot of stuff. Like whenever I listen to his songs, I just have like quotables. I'm just like, ooh, that's nice. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. nice. he said on one, he got he just came out with a new album. He was like, you knew where I stand. I'm like a statue. I was like, that's so simple, but I love the fact that it's like, okay, that's like that E-40 line. I have her standing all day like Statue of Liberty, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And giving the money to you. Oh, I forgot how it goes. But anyway, it's just the delivery for Drake is not where I think it should be. But mm. it's either he he lacks creativity when it comes with the word wordsmanship because he can tell a story. The stories are great, but he's just, his delivery is kind of one note. And if he just kind of pushed a little bit harder, I think he would be really, really nice. But I, I enjoyed those extra songs. Um, Dunn Trip, he came out with a new album. It's called Wolverine. You listen to Blockbuster? Of course, I'm, I'm a Dunn Trip stan. I'm getting there. Dunn Trip came out with a new <laughs> album. I'm a Dunn Trip fan, so I, I listen to a lot of that stuff. He's also going to be on 85 South pretty soon. If you got the app, you can watch it now. But and then I listened to Blockbuster. It's not bad. It's not bad, man. I'm sorry. I, I'm a Buster stand. I like Buster. I, I, I enjoy it. He had he did make one of the worst songs I've ever heard on this album. And I was just like, what the fuck were you thinking? It reminded me of back in my days when I was making beats. And I was like, shit, I could have came up with this shit. It it overlaid a sample of mystical. And what is, oh, hold on, I gotta listen to some of that. You know the song I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. And it's like a random man's piano solo at the end of it. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Did Timberland, Pharrell, and they couldn't have listened to that song. It's not listening. <laughs> that song is so terrible, bro. Nah, that's how do you have a, a, a Bore feature that I skipped? That song was so fucking boring. <laughs> I didn't like Did it. you listen to Luxury Real Life with Coyle LeRae? That song was so boring. <laughs> I skipped that too. <laughs> but he had some good songs on it. I ain't going to sit there and act like I ain't like the album overall. It ain't my favorite. I just felt like... <laughs> that song, The Hive, with, with Giggs, the UK rapper. Yeah. Yeah. That song was all right. That didn't go... I didn't like that. Because Giggs... <laughs> Gigs is super. Gigs was super excited to be on. Uh, what about Big Everything with T Pain and the Baby? I like that song actually. I think it's all right. I did too. Yeah. Like it ain't. It was a, a flip. He did a lot of flips on this album. That's my. Pro- that's why I was like, we don't want. I don't want all of these fucking produce. I don't need all these fucking producers, my nigga, and they just doing bullshit to me. I don't know. I didn't like the flips. I, I thought that they did a lot of bullshit. Nigga, they did a go. lot of bullshit on this album. The return of Mansa Musa with the the Michael. Mama say mama mama Musa. Mama say mama mama Mansa Musa. Like what? 
all he had to do, if I know what Buster's trying to do, he's trying to just bridge the gap. He's like, I got these. What's he trying to these, do? These, uh, these OG producers, but uh, I'm on uh, these features. Like, look, the features, like, let the feet, you know, Quavo uh, and, and the baby and B.I. Mm. and Coyle Ray and look who I got for my features. But the production's going to be like top notch from, you know, this is this is royalty mm. when it comes to production. All you had okay, to do. Okay, I can see that. All yeah. he had to do, because I don't know if you heard the new Jeezy. All he had to do was go get the Justice League. I tried. I like the new Jeezy. Well, the I second, tried to the to second, new Jeezy. I, I just, I can't get into it. I feel that. I haven't listened to it all, but so that's that's not a knock on the album. I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready for, to hear for Jeezy? Jeezy. Yeah, I just wasn't ready to hear hear that whatever he was trying to say on that album. I feel that. Buster should have just said, "Let me call the Justice League, or let me call Knife Wonder, or let me just call like." Figure out your production, cause I just I, when I seen when he when he when they showed the trailer before the album and it was just like Pharrell and Swiss Beats and Timberland and I was just like I don't want this, I don't want it. You got too many too many cooks in the kitchen, bro. Sometimes you can just keep it simple. Yeah, you you did say that going into this, and I was like, Nah, I want to check it out. I want to listen to it. I didn't even know it was out. I just happened to look on YouTube Music, and I was like, Oh shit, Blockbuster! Mm. I played it, and I was like, Ooh, Mm-mm. nah, man. Was it better than the last album he came out? No, with? no, because I think the last <laughs> album was Ele two, uh, Ele two, Ele two, and Ele two was yeah. fire. And that shit. <sighs> But way better. Than I this. see what the play was. It was like, okay, my features are gonna be a lot of the newer artists. The production is going to be, mm. and like we gotta, mm. we kind of have to get off of this f- sampling. But it's basically niggas doing flips now. Like we gotta get off that shit again. If you haven't listened to Jesus' oh, yeah. album, at least go listen to I, the second half. I think it's easy though. Listen to the second half of Jesus' album. I think the sampling flips is easy. It is, bro, but it's like, okay. it ain't working for a lot. Plus, them niggas know better than it. Pharrell, Swiss Beats, and fucking Timberland know better. They fucking know better. They know better. Again, second half of Jesus' album was produced exclusively by Justice League. So, I think he made this album for DJs to blend it in with the original song and to kind of play this in clubs and whatnot. Like, I'm listening to it. I'm like, why would you make this? Because this doesn't even go together. But it's got to be for remix pur- purposes. It, it, too many cooks in the kitchen and trying to follow the wave. Mm. And it's just like, that's what I'm saying. Swiss Beats, Timberland, and Pharrell, you niggas don't have to follow the wave. Y'all niggas make this. You guys are the leaders. You guys are the motherfuckers that make shit cool. So stop right. trying to follow the fucking wave and just do what y'all do best, which well, except for Swiss. I'm tired of Swiss beat shit. Timlin and for well, Pharrell, he's mm. like the head of fucking uh Louis Vuitton now. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it pisses me off because I'm just like, y'all niggas know better than this shit. And it it's kind of sucks. And mm-hmm. y'all niggas can do better. You got niggas, like I said, overlook. You got niggas like Overlook, Conductor Williams, motherfucking even Southside. Been Southside dropped a few songs this year, and his shit been fire. You got uh, producers. Hit Boy is still doing what he's supposed to be doing, 
it's a lot of producers out here that are just still like doing the producer thing. Um, you know, Alchemist. I think Alchemist is probably having one of the best years ever, but he did that last year too. Like Alchemist has been killing shit. Um, the Drake, the Drake song to me is oh, yeah. a testament to that. The Larry June album, still one of the best albums of the year. He did, he produced that. Um, he actually dropped what Flying High 2 this year. Um, Alchemist even started back rapping here and there. Man, get the fuck out of here. Alchemist is having one of the best years, mm. bro. Like, I love Alchemist. So, but I, I just feel like <laughs> I feel like Buster knows better than this. So yeah. It was it didn't leave live up to the hype that I had created in my head. But I said I would listen to it, and I did. And as soon as I seen them is. niggas <laughs> sitting at the table, <laughs> I shook my head. You ready to go into the rundown? I think I am ready to go into the rundown. This, oh, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> Scary hours <laughs> four, ladies and gentlemen. It's that time once again for the one and only. Jackson on the left. Shogun is on the right. The rundown is where we take the football when it's fourth and 31 and we score because we them type of niggas. We gonna win no matter what it is. We gonna win it. Win the fucking game. Fourth and 31. Ain't shit to us. Roll tight. <laughs> Thank you again for Yolanda A for dropping another few coins in the bucket we appreciate that and if you want to if you want to give i'm broke hold the fucking bucket up nigga we trying to win hold it up just just give to that cash app right there Dollar sign S H O G U N capital G. That is dollar sign S H O G U N capital G. Shogun. We got we got bills to pay and we got Christmas. I want you to go first because I don't have a whole bunch of stories this I week. I don't either. But I do want to talk about the Iron Bowl. I do want to talk about Iron Let's Bowl. Let's get that out of the way first. Did you watch it? Yeah, of course I watched it. How do you feel about the overall of the game? Oh, it was probably one of the better ones we did for for a few years now. That's probably one of the better Iron Bowls that we've had. In a, in a it while. was it was it was really good because it was close. Yeah, it was compelling. It was back and forth, back and forth. I think it was really something to see the two on one fight that was going on on that field because Bama versus Auburn versus the refs. Whew. That was a handicap match that I've never seen. Like, WWE couldn't even figure that shit out. The refs were, like, bad on both ends. Let's be honest here. They were bullshitting. Oh, how many how many touchdowns did they strip from Auburn? <laughs> they still they, – it was a whole face mask they didn't call. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> they showed – He ripped his mouth off. He could have snapped that nigga neck, bro. <laughs> My dad was like, he gonna rip his head off. I was like, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, they was calling, they was horrible on both sides. <laughs> all the way around. Yeah. It was a lot of strange calling that was happening. Um I really enjoyed it though. It was it was a fun game. It was great. Uh the refs was the only thing that was kind of questionable. 
Uh, the dude, when he landed on the sideline, he was definitely in the field, but they still said he stepped out of bounds. But the refs again. <laughs> Let me ask you, what was the final score? Okay. For all intents and purposes, <laughs> <laughs> when I watched it and it went off, it said 33 to 24. <laughs> but apparently they took that touchdown back and it was really 27 to 24. So if I'm being real, I don't know what Dude. the score is. <laughs> I just know Alabama won. No. <laughs> me and my dad, <laughs> me and my dad, me and my dad, we was arguing. We was like, no, nah, the, the score was 33 to 24. I seen it. They they put the touchdown at the end. They even changed the scoreboard in the game. We looked at it online. We looked at it on ESPN. We looked at it on Twitter. Everything else said 27 to 24. I was like, apparently what the hell? The tw- then I checked it earlier today. I checked it earlier today on Twitter and it said 33. But that could have been somebody who took a picture of the game and posted it. I have no idea. Because somebody, uh, I was watching somebody talk about the game earlier today and apparently they took the touchdown back and made it. I don't know. Why? Why? I don't know. The more and more I talk about this game, the fishier it it gets. (laughs) Man, it's very fishy, bro. I'm sitting there like, yo, nigga. It was an interception. Like, how he scored okay, off First the of all, the field goal. I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> they said, nah, nigga. Get that shit the fuck out of here. We at home. This is Auburn home. We got Aubrey and the Eagly over there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Because, see, here's the thing a lot of people don't think about either. Like, people who bet on the game and probably bet, like, the point spread. They might be fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> they might that be. You betting on an Auburn game, that my nigga. That determines <laughs> whether they get what? money or they lose money. I think it definitely was some rigging going on. But how you going to take a score away? <laughs> That's what I couldn't understand. They did that shit three times in that game. It was, it was, it was a very... <laughs> Find the words. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody were paid. I know that much, and it wasn't no nil money. <laughs> it wasn't no hey, nil money hey. with that shit. <laughs> My dad was like, "Hey, they gotta get the refs gotta control this shit. They gonna be fighting <laughs> by the end of the game. Them niggas was fighting. <laughs> nigga kicked up off the ground. I was like, look at this shit. I was like, bro, I feel the frustration. I just feel like the refs. The best part was watching the crowd. I feel like the refs gonna have great Christmas presents this year. Let's just say that. Man, somebody got a new car. Car? Don't uh it better not be no yeah. yeah More than somebody that. got a new car. Somebody was in in uh Nick Saban headset. He was like, God damn it, I'll see you in the Mercedes. <laughs> I got a I got a dealership. Which one you want? I can't do the 2023. I can do the 2019. That's my final offer. Nick Saban got dealerships. More than one, nigga. <laughs> I know. He ain't giving you nothing newer than 2020. I don't know. Nick Saban seems like the type of dude where he'll pay you, pay you handsomely if you know what to do. Do it the right way. You think Nick Saban say nigga? Of course. Him and Miss, what's his wife's name? Miss Sarah? Miss who? I don't know what a, they call her, his wife. Miss Sarah? Miss. What you think his mistress look like? I don't think he has one. I personally feel like Nick Saban sit at his, at his desk all day and just watch game film. I, I just feel like that's the type of nigga he is. He just like, they ain't going to get me out of him. They done figured him out, though. <laughs> Every win this year has been a struggle. I think they 
Well, it might be because most of the coaches came from his boot yeah. camp. But I think they don't figure him out this year. They, they, they don't. I don't know. Mm. This ain't the superstar Nick Saban that we we once knew and loved. Well, I feel like he just sits and sits. I feel like he literally just don't do. Sh- I don't even think he fuck his wife. Oh, you want to fuck the bank, Nick? No, bitch. I got a game. We play Auburn next week, bitch. I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> Bitch, they got me a statue. I can't right. fuck up. Gotta pay for this shit somehow. Don't you enjoy- You see that shit? It's a statue. Don't you enjoy this house? I ain't even dead yet. I got a statue, motherfucker. Don't you like this house? You know what kind of pressure I'm on? Like, when you living, bitch? Don't you ever come in here and fuck with me while I'm doing my job? Now go on to your mama house. But the turkey. Fuck the turkey, bitch. <laughs> Playing for my goddamn career. Fucking statue out there. <laughs> Bills ain't gonna pay himself themselves, he Sarah. This, see? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just mad, mad for no fucking reason. This country ass town. Damn God it, damn these it. fucking do you fucking I can be governor, bitch. <laughs> I'm running for governor in four years. You're fucking killing me. <laughs> you think he's tired of football? No. Nah. He's like, I don't even care about the games no more. Nah. No. Okay. I think. I think, see, here's the thing. Football massages his ego. He can get, I like when Nick Saban get up and be like mad about some shit. The goddamn portal. Goddamn, yeah, when he slammed that headset. No, I'm talking about when he had the conference, the SEC uh, media days, oh. and he'd be like, these, oh, yeah. fucking, these, mm-hmm. these fucking agents are pimps, motherfucker. Then I don't have to, I don't need <laughs> he be trying to talk shit. I don't need to go in the fucking transfer portal for that bullshit. I know how to fucking recruit. You know, he be talking that big shit. Yeah. He like that. He didn't want enough where he, he can. He back it up though. So, you know, yeah. but yeah, he cussed he cussed his wife. <laughs> what you out. feel how you feel about that Affleck commercial with him and uh Dion with Prime? This is hilarious. I think it is too. I kind of want to see a buddy cop movie with them. Nah. <laughs> I don't think you'd be around black people that long now. <laughs> like he was shit. just enough. Just his, enough. His QB black. What you talking about? Nah, that's, that's limited time. Like it ain't like they coming to the house. I think Nick Saban. Nick Saban. You know he be listening to something on that. Nah, he got that, some rap songs on his on his phone. No one of them boys show up with his daughter. Oh, that's that's different. <laughs> that's different. You crossing the line. <laughs> you crossing the line. You you I my family for the next four years, maybe. <laughs> Goddamn, Margaret. Bitch, I got a statue outside. What they gonna think about you dating this nigga? <laughs> I got a fucking statue in front of Alabama. And you dating this nigga. Shit. <laughs> that nigga, he don't even start. <laughs> this nigga's on the bench. Bruh, I would use that, <laughs> that excuse so often. <laughs> Bitch, I got a statue. ID? I'm motherfucking Nick Saban. Bitch, do you see the statue I fixed. <laughs> I built this country ass town. <laughs> I mean, Alabama was a thing. No, it wasn't a thing until I got here. I'd like to see. Oh. You remember that? Remember that video that went around when Nipsey slapped that nigga at the BET Award? <laughs> I be thinking Nick Saber do the same shit. Oh, uh, Mister Saber, you don't have your table, right? bitch. <laughs> what? He can get away with it too. It's Nick Saber. That was the most gangsterous slap Nip I've ever seen in my life. Nipsey slapped. <laughs> Nipsey slapped the fuck out that nigga. And that nigga was like security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get that it was, right. Fix up. 
Oh my god. Oh goodness. <laughs> oh man. It was a great iron bowl. Though. All right. Well, it was a great iron bowl. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I liked it better because it was a close game. Mm-hmm. So maybe that should continue to happen. Please. But uh I was kind of confused by the final score. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Yeah, I, I said, I said, <laughs> I said the final score said 33. <laughs> and then she said, no, nigga, it's 27 <laughs> points. It's only 27. I said, okay. I didn't bet no money. All right. I didn't either. It had nothing to bet. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll go ahead and start us off, if you don't mind. Let's go. <clears throat> so a lot of people celebrated Thanksgiving last week. Including a lot of new Americans where they just came to the country. They're celebrating their first Thanksgiving. Wait, wait. I can't call them new Americans. Would you not call them new Americans? They legal? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but was Christopher Columbus. Was he legal when he came to this country See? and he was hungry and he needed a, a place to lay and he saw this wonderful land that is America. America. Can I say something? And he said, look at all. Go ahead. Let me let me interject real quick. I, I got to. All right. This is on my timeline and it kind of pisses me off and I, I got to say this. For all you hotel right, ass niggas who just like, man, I'm not going to celebrate Thanksgiving because it's indigenous people. Fuck you. You've been living in America they long enough to know it. what the fuck it is, nigga. Stop being like this, bro. Like, y'all niggas kill me. I took my time out. I didn't celebrate Thanksgiving this year because I already know what Thanksgiving's on. Hey, my nigga, just eat the fucking yams and shut the fuck up. Eat the fucking yams and shut up, my nigga. We get it. We know what, what um, America has been based on fucking <laughs> so much p- plot, uh, plunder and stealing. We know. I don't want to hear your fucking soliloquy about how you don't celebrate Thanksgiving because they took... Kiss my ass. Just eat the fucking yams and the red velvet cake and shut the fuck up and eat the greens. Damn it. Continue. I'm sorry. I just remember I I left my... I'm I'm kind of upset. I just remembered I left my red velvet in Montgomery. Well... That shit gone now. I know my uncle got that shit. Oh, yeah, shit. he ate that shit. He seen me when I put the foil on and put it in the refrigerator. He was looking at me. He probably hit it, so you couldn't get it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, oh, he let me <laughs> yeah. put that behind. He got the last slice. <laughs> put it behind these chitlins. <laughs> He'll never look there. <laughs> oh, no, we ain't got no chitlins in my, in my parents' house. Mm-mm, we don't do that. We country, but we ain't that country. Damn, man. I just. Oh. Sidebar, my dad bought two of them patty pies, and I had two slices of it. And I must say, it was very delicious, but it's too rich. It's too perfect. Like, the consistency of the pie, it was like, you could tell they churned it for a long time or, you know, mixed it in a mixer, Mm -hmm. where it didn't have any of those strings from, like, the sweet potato. And Mm -hmm. I kind of missed that. I was like, man, my grandma used to have these little strings in there. See? See? You was rich last was week, so it should have matched your energy. I'm broke now. know <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about. Thanksgiving. Ooh, Black Friday. Anyway, so we have a bunch of new Americans who are now celebrating <laughs> their first Thanksgiving. 
Let's check this out. For some migrants who are now living in Chicago, this will be their first Thanksgiving in America. And while they are far from home, one Englewood group is making sure they feel welcome. New at 10, our Charlie DeMar spoke with some of those migrants who say they are thankful despite what they're facing. Outside Chicago's 7th Police District, like most across the city, tents cover the sidewalk where migrants, primarily from South America, wait for what's next. My friend, for some, that next move was out of the cold onto a bus and into an Inglewood church for a hot Thanksgiving meal. Those are candy yams. If there's a need, we want to meet that need. We want to help meet that need. Deontay Tanner runs Servants for Hope. He says after previously witnessing the despair in front of the 7th Police District, he wanted to include the migrants in his annual Thanksgiving dinner. The hardest part was just figuring out how we was going to transport them, but including them in the actual dinner, that was easy. Thank you, sir. He's thankful for the moment that he's having right now with all with everybody and just being here with everybody else that's enjoying themselves and eating. Um, so he's just happy to be here. Renzo Marca says he's faced an incredible amount of adversity and challenges since leaving his home in Peru. A lot of violence, a lot of arrests, um, but through it all, they were able to make it here and they're very grateful to be here now um, and they feel a lot safer being here. But some across Chicago and in Inglewood have not been as welcoming and have even protested the resources being used for migrants. Turner says it's his goal to help anyone in need, no matter where they're from. It's on all of us, right? This is our community. Once they're in our community, they're part of the community. And it's on us to welcome them in. A full stomach some new coats for the winter. You're from Venezuela. And through it all, gratitude, despite not knowing what's next. Adios, good night. Thank you for talking. Charlie DeMar, CBS 2 News. All right. How you feel about the migrants here in, the, in Chicago, in America, celebrating their first Thanksgiving? I don't have a problem with that. Just be honest. No, I don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem no, with that? No, I think okay. people protesting this man... It takes, you know, it, it takes a lot to be charitable, bro. Like, it really does take a lot mm. to step out there and do what that man did. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with people protesting that because what are they, what are they doing? What are they doing to help people who are homeless and just uh, and they don't have? I understand that they're migrants. I get that, but we also understand that like the United States put them in that situation. They placed them there. They, they, I don't think they asked, hey, send me to Inglewood. They didn't ask for that. They were placing people in. They honestly did ask that. They asked them whether they want to go, and they had the option to go to New York, Chicago, and a lot of them picked Chicago. Remember, I was talking about this story earlier this year, and I was like, hey, the residents of Chicago are mad about these migrants coming because they're like, look, I don't want these people here in my city. We already don't have the resources to take care of them. Where y'all going to get this money? And why y'all put them over here in the predominantly black neighborhoods? Mm -hmm. Nah, put them over there. I didn't know the migrants had a choice. I thought that, I oh, thought yeah. the government or said, this is where we're just going to put them at. And the mayor or the governor or whoever was okay in it. Well, Texas was putting, the, the governor of Texas was putting them on buses. And when they got on that bus, they would ask them the choices of the cities that they wanted to go to. Because those cities were supposedly sanctuary cities. Mm. And so once they got there, they were like, oh, yeah, I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to do this. And they said, all right, cool. Send them that way. 
And then now those cities got to take care of them, you know, because they sanctuary cities. Hmm. Okay. I did. I need to dig a little di- bit deeper and get a little bit more research behind that because I didn't know that. I thought that that was just something that the government, the governors was like, yeah, we'll take them or so on and so forth. So I, I have to do a little bit more research to get a better understanding, but I still ain't mad at it. Well, that's, that's why they was mad. I think his name was Abbott, the Texas mayor or governor. Mm -hmm. It was like, look, you can't just be sending all these people here. We got too many of them coming. What are we supposed to do? And he was like, I thought y'all were a sanctuary city. Like, do you do what you said you was going to do for these folks? So, um, I think the the comments paint a, a little bit different picture for me. Um, let me, I'll, I'll share the screen again so you can see the comments. Do you have a problem with it? I'm going to just read the comments real quick. Ignoring the homeless, the poor, and the veterans feeding and housing individual armies, outrageous. The people of Inglewood should be feeding the people of Inglewood first before anyone else Send them home. Making them feed, feel welcome will ensure the next year we'll get 10 times as many coming. Americans should be helped first. I'm surprised they didn't complain about the Thanksgiving dinner because it wasn't South American food as they would have refused to eat free American food in the Roosevelt hotels. Wow. Must be nice to have a Thanksgiving dinner. I wish I had that. We all need to agree that this is a is bad for the country. Hmm. And vote them out of here. Seriously, new coats, their own citizens, neighborhoods, uh, they're all citizens and neighborhoods. We also need this level of support and kindness. I'm sure the homeless there would love that uh, what these visitors have been given. I think about this. I think about all the children sat at home without a hot meal or a war. Don't feed them. You're just encouraging more to come. That's just three, a couple mm-hmm. of them. I'm just going to scroll through. Uh, a few years from now, the people will replay, replay, repay your kindness with crime wave. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't have a problem with them feeding the migrants, but I do find it funny that one guy said he was from Peru and another dude said Ecuador. I know every time I listen to the the media talk about it, they're always like, these are South Americans coming. They're Mexicans Mm -hmm. coming. They're just Mexicans trying to escape a terrible situation. But I keep saying every time I see them, they never look dirty. They never look, you know, unclean. They they always look fit, Mm -hmm. well nourished. So it, it seems like. How did they get here? Did they walk across a whole desert or are they getting flown into America or riding into America on a bus? I feel like if you walking across a desert, you would have tattered clothes and be dirty. Maybe before the media puts the camera on them, they clean them up and dust them off, and make them look nice. But it's not really helping the story that they're always clean. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't help out people who are coming here because, yes, our policies did create the, the squalor that they live in. But. We can't we can't afford to take care of all these people. And without my opinion, the comments on YouTube is already saying everything that most extreme right ring people would be saying. And now it seems like the people in Chicago who's predominantly, you know, left voting type people are pushing back on this whole 
ideal of having these migrants come to America. Mm-hmm. So we 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 in for some some changes, I guess. And I, I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But uh, I just wanted to show that you know some some people are having a good time. You know, people are still caring about each other. I do also find it funny that in the streets of Chicago, in front of the police station, there was a tent city. You know, Chicago's fucking freezing cold, mm-hmm. thirty <clears throat> degrees, and they got tents to sleep yeah. in. But hmm. again, man, I maybe I'm just not. I'm not too. Um, my level of understanding, knowing more about the the situation, is is was very low level. I just seen a man. Honestly, when I seen the video and hear what he said, I just seen a guy taking care of people, you know, and just kind of stepping out there and feeding them. Um, yeah. uh, so, which is a good thing. I'm glad somebody's feeding mm-hmm. them because they would be going hungry. But it's also not the responsibility for the United States to take care of everybody else. And I know that sounds selfish as fuck, but we got our own problems. Hmm. You're right. I don't know. I wish we would know, you know, a little bit more about the history of like how how many times has he done this? Has he, has he done it for Chicagoans before the migrants got? Oh yeah, yeah. No, nah, he he does this all the time. Every but year. is it was it for the Chicagoans just, then before that? Yeah, it was always been for the Chicago people. Even this time, it's for the Chicago people. It's just now we have an influx of migrants coming in. And he's like, hey, I'm feeding my... It was You saw those black people in the video. It was feeding the black people there, too. And then also the Mexican people or whatever they came mm-hmm. from, migrants. So it's he's doing right. I'm just saying that I, I think we've created a situation that could have been avoidable. Mm-hmm. And the sentiment... Amongst the YouTube comments, which isn't a real good sample size, but it, it does show that the vocal people are complaining about all these folks getting here and seemingly getting a free meal. I don't know, man. It takes a lot to step out on that ledge and and help people. And a lot of us ain't built like that. Some of us are greedy and ambitious. And we're not ambitious, but greedy sacks of shit. And we don't care. We just let them go hungry. Damn. Feed them to the fucking... Feed them to the hounds. Speaking of feeding them to the hounds, I'm just gonna read the story, and you tell me how you take it. This has happened. This happened in Texas. An auto dealership in Texas has been hit by two mischievous fill in the blank. You can do better than that, people. You can do better than that, mischievous people. I just want you to fill in the blank. I don't understand. What what, what am I trying to figure out? Two mischievous. They got hit by two mischievous. (laughs) White men. Because I know it's not. I mean, you wouldn't be asking me this question. It's clearly going to be some black guys. Two mischievous canines causing extensive damage to the vehicles worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Surveillance footage has obtained by ABC 13 shows the dogs tearing off bumpers and fenders at a G Motors dealership on three separate nights between November 6th and November 18th. The estimated cost of the damages? $100,000 to $350,000. This is according to the manager, Gabby Folkhauer. The source of the dogs are still unknown. And employees are trying to yes. figure out where the where are they coming from. Interesting, interestingly enough, 
The first incident was captured on video and revealed the presence of a cat, <laughs> which suggests that the dogs may be after <laughs> that they presumably are trying to catch at the dealership. Although uh, such behavior is surprising, Falkauer expressed that this the shock at the power of the dogs that they can resist tear, to tear apart cars are, are is surprising. Meanwhile, G Motors mm. is struggling financially as they cannot sell the damaged cars during the time. The dealership is unwilling to claim insurance as the estimated losses range from $100,000 to $350,000. However, the primary concern is not financial, but rather focused on the safety of their employees and customers. They do not want wait. They do not want to wait until someone gets seriously injured before resolving the issue. My question to you, Shogun, is: Is it really dogs doing this? Bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee yay. Bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee yay. Why must I be like that? Why must I chase the cat? Must be the dog in me. Yeah, this is insurance. <laughs> Them niggas is out there tearing they shit up. Look, look, we got a video of the first night only of these dogs who keep coming back. I don't know why. They keep coming back every night and destroying these vehicles. How much money can we get for them, though? I've never seen a dog tear off a fender. Oh, I, I definitely have. I have seen it. Dogs will do that. But three nights in a row, <laughs> different cars. <laughs> and did they get the cat? God, clearly not. It's still happening. But we don't want to claim no and insurance. How long have they been had? How long have they been having trouble at this this insurance? Uh, the uh, this has been between November the sixth to the through the eighteenth. The estimated cost of damages ranges from a hundred thousand dollars to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Man, that sounds like they damaged that car unloading it, coming to the yard, and it was like, man, we are gonna make up some story and be like, yeah, these dogs. They sound up. like somebody wrecked some cars. Somebody is going in there joyriding, <laughs> fucking up cars and shit, mm. and just be like, man, we got to. <laughs> what can we show on the video that happened? Oh, there's these dogs in here. There goes these dogs. Yeah. We we can't find them. We can't find the source of these dogs. Where they coming <laughs> they from? They keep coming back. They keep coming back. You ain't gonna believe this. They came back mm. again. What they tear off Same this time, thing. man? Same thing. For some strange reason they tore the tore the roof off of this one car. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they tore the roof off this motherfucker. <laughs> Wow. You know, dogs are heavy these days. Mm -hmm. Hey, Miss McCorbin, you ain't going to believe this. I did all my homework. I promise you I did. But when I was coming to, you know, put it in my bag, my dog, he jumped in my lap and started snatching my folder and he ate my homework. Mm. Same excuse. Mm -hmm. Kid grew up and started using the dog ate my car as an excuse <laughs> for his company failing. I love it. They just don't want to claim insurance because the damage is so high. I'm like, y'all niggas is hustling, people. Like, I'm not believing none of that shit. Mm-hmm. This is a hustle everything mm -hmm. to me. I would agree. It is a good hustle everything. And speaking of the hustle, I think I have a theme going on. And uh, I haven't talked about politics in a little while. So I feel like we've been talking about music and 
on this podcast is a nice intersection. There we go. I use that word that every other podcast likes to use. There's an intersection of news, politics, and music. And so I found a story that has both. Now, I don't know if you remember, a couple years ago, Cardi B came out and she said, I'm endorsing um, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was her guy. She talked to him on the podcast and all that good stuff. And then Bernie dropped out and she said, well, I guess Bernie ain't going to be the guy. I'm endorsing Joe Biden. And she was like, yay, Joe Biden. It's been about three years of Joe Biden. And Cardi B said she's no longer supporting Joe Biden. And here's her reasons why. As the United States gears up for the 2024 presidential elections next year, American rapper Cardi B announces that she's taking her support back from U.S. President Joe Biden after recent budget cuts made in her hometown of New York City. The Grammy winner said and made the announcement during her Instagram Live, she criticized the budget cuts here in New York City, which will not only affect schools and the libraries, but the sanitation department and the police department as well. She asked the government from where they were getting the money to support Israel's war against Hamas and Ukraine fighting Russia. She slammed President Biden, saying that she can't support a candidate who's ready to fund conflicts abroad instead of tackling problems in her own country. Now, this comes on the back of New York City Mayor Eric Adam announcing a 5% municipal budget cut last week while announcing the measure. Adams warned that more cuts would be mandatory if they don't get additional funding from Washington for managing the illegal migrant crisis in New York City. Cardi B expressed concern for New Yorkers given how the cut may impact existing social services and quality of life. Cardi B was an active and vocal supporter of Joe Biden three years back. She also interviewed him for Elle magazine and endorsed him during the 2020 elections. Okay, so that's the setup for what's going on and why Cardi's upset. Mm. But I kind of I would be doing a disservice to the show if I didn't actually play some of the things that Cardi B actually said. So I think this is what makes this is what makes the clip even better because it's coming from Cardi. And I think what everybody likes about Cardi is her authenticity. Like she really puts her all into it. She gives her energy when she talks and, and she makes information very relatable. So check this out. In New York, there is a 120 million budget cut. There's a 120 million budget cut in New York that is going to affect schools, public libraries, and um, the police department. Y'all know I don't give a fuck about the cops, but like it is what it is. There's going to be an $120 million budget cut with schools, with libraries, and the cops, and the police department. And a $5 million budget cut in sanitation. Of a budget cut in sanitation. Bitch, we're going to be drowning with rats. We're going to be drowning in fucking rats. So we are going to be having a budget cut on these shits. Mind you, this is why I said, I'm not, this is why I'm telling y'all, I'm not this year. Don't fucking ask me. I don't give a fuck the resume that they send. I don't give a fuck. I'm not endorsing no fucking presidents no more. Because how is that a hundred, hundred million dollar budget cut in New York City for, for, um, 
fucking schools, library, uh, police safety, and sanitation. Yeah, Joe Biden's talking about, like, yeah, we could fund two wars. We could fund two wars. Motherfuckers talking about we don't got it, but we got it. Like, we're the greatest nation. No, the fuck we're not. We're going through some shit right now. Like, say it. Say it. We really going through, uh, we, we, we really, 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 really are fucked right now. I, you have to watch the whole thing to get a better understanding of it. But she's really doing a, a great job of breaking down a very nuanced situation, saying that, hey, as New Yorkers, we voted for Eric and we wanted Eric to, you know, better the city for everybody in New York. And it seems like somewhere in the middle of all this, he turned his attention towards the migrant situation. And New Yorkers were okay with the migrants coming. When I was in New York last year, I talked to a couple of people and they were like, yeah, I don't have no problem with them coming here. You know, it's the world. America's, you know, a great place. Everybody needs an opportunity. Kind of like what you were saying, like somebody needs to do the right thing here and take care of these people. I mean, we cause some of these problems. They're here now. Let's take care of them. And, Eric Adams was all for that up until the point where he couldn't afford it mm -hmm. no more. And now it's putting a strain on the city's resources and they're talking about doing a huge budget cut. And so Cardi B is coming back saying, hey, nah, y'all going to cut these, these services that we need, like the library, the school and, you know, the police. He was like, I don't really fuck with the ops. I mean, the police. But, you know, I kind of would like to have police there. It's like this budget cut is going to be so huge. And they're not going to do it all at one time. It's going to go month to month to month, and it's going to increase over time. It's it's going to affect a lot of services here. And she's like, well, why y'all have all this money? You can pay for these wars and all these things. Where y'all getting that money from? Why why you got a, a, a cachet of like, I think they had $8 billion for the city of New York that they're not touching? It's like, what's going on here? Like, why we have all this money for all these other things, but when it comes to us, y'all can't find a penny. So what's really going on? And I, I respect her for standing on that ledge and saying like how she really feels instead of just being like, I'm rich, I'm cool. I ain't got to worry about these problems, but y'all out there, y'all just got to figure it out on your own. How you feel about that so far? No, Cardi's always been very vocal when it comes to stuff like that as far as like the political stuff. I think Candace Owens always is like calling her out and be like, well, Cardi, why don't you just be quiet because you don't know let the grown-ups talk. So I think Cardi... Cardi has a a, a a basic knowledge of what's going on. And she gives, I mean, she don't even really live in New York no more. She lives in Atlanta, but it's cool to see that she still keeps up with where, what her city is doing and trying to ride for the people who live there. So I, I ain't got, I don't have a beef with that. I think it's cool. Without seeing the film, I guess you could, it is fair to say that she has a basic knowledge, but she, she broke down some stuff where she got pretty nuanced into it. And I, I think she pays more attention than we give her credit. And so I, I do want to do one final clip about this situation to kind of explain the whole uh, cutback a little bit more, because it does feel like some bullshit, especially if you you already tighten up your belt and we're all everybody in America is cutting back. And it's like, man, <laughs> they going to increase prices, too. I ain't got nothing else to cut. I don't cut corners so much that it's a circle. Now to the tough financial times that are about to start flooding the streets of New York and strong but not surprising reaction tonight to the proposed cutbacks by Mayor Adams. This to balance a budget that right now is unbalanced. Five percent cuts now, another five in January and then more to come in spring. 
and every city agency will feel these cuts, which means every New York resident will as well. I'm news reporter N.J. Birkin with the story. He's live at City Hall. Newt? Yeah, that's right, Bill. If you go by the administration, these cuts are only the beginning. So, yes, it did not take long for the outrage to land on the doorstep of City Hall. So Mayor Adams is getting it from all sides. This has never happened in the history of New York City. The mayor's critics are lining up, demanding that City Hall reverse course. We're standing up for the people. Teachers Union President Michael Mulgrew insists that proposed cuts to education are devastating and unnecessary. They have $8 billion in reserves and they keep making up these numbers. So we need to hold the mayor and the budget director accountable. You will not fabricate this fraud upon this city. We will not stand by and allow people to be harmed. The city's revised budget will impact New York's universal preschool and summer school programs, and class sizes will rise. Most libraries will close on Sundays. Every single economic indicator shows that actually we're on pace to a recovery. Where's the money? Where is it? Where's the money that our children need, that our seniors need, that everybody in between needs? Mayor Adams claims that much of the money, billions of dollars of it, is being spent to cover the needs of tens of thousands of migrants pouring into New York. The asylum seeker humanitarian crises have skyrocketed placing great strain on our budget. The revised budget calls for deep cuts at the NYPD. Postponing five academy graduations will shrink the department by 13.5%, leaving fewer officers on the street while saving $1.1 billion. Sanitation collections will be scaled back and overtime will be cut at the FDNY. Comptroller Brad Lander admits that the deficits are real, but says the mayor's plan for across-the-board cuts is irresponsible. We need a thoughtful, wise approach for figuring out how to manage the city's budgets. Savings, efficiencies, cuts are going to have to be made, but let's roll up our sleeves to do it together rather than pointing fingers. Lander tells me that most of the deficit, two-thirds of it, in fact, uh, comes from uh, other places, has nothing to do with the migrants. I don't know. They were saying 5% now, 5% in January, another 5%, and then an another increase in spring. So I don't know what that final increase is going to be, but that's at least 10% increase by next oh month or month, two months from now. No. I, I, just, I don't know. If, if somebody said I got a 10% increase in my bills, I would be upset yeah. too. And when crime goes up, they're like, we got to figure something out about this crime. The migrants. And it ain't really they're like not, the migrants for real, for real. It's just, they cover it ain't this the shit. migrants, but they going to blame yeah. them. They, yeah. They, <laughs> they, that's why I like watching The Wire, because I've seen this before. Like The Wire cut, uh, the what was it, the fifth, I think it was the fifth season. The fifth season of Wired, the last season of Wired did the same, a same type of situation happened with budget mm -hmm. cuts and education and the police force. And they showed how mm -hmm. doing those cuts, how much the crime rate increased. But the like the civil service were pissed because they couldn't get overtime, but they was working them like overworking mm -hmm. their ass. Like and, dogs. And yeah. them motherfuckers was just like they were, <laughs> they were signing slips. 
<laughs> like the the Baltimore was giving out slips to the police officer saying, "Hey, like if you you know when when the budget stuff gets back to where it needs to be, turn in these slips and we'll pay you for it." And them niggas was like, but it just showed they was giving them IOUs. Yeah, and it was showing how <laughs> like it was showing how what the budget cuts did to no. to the to the civil servant. Like they didn't have cars. They it had a major right. major drug situation going on, and it only increased because them niggas couldn't do overtime. They had to make up basically uh, for it was a spoiler, but basically they had to make up a fucking serial killer to be able to get the police force paid to afford to, to afford to do police work. Like wow, that shit is crazy. But it was it worked because. Yeah. <laughs> They stopped the drugs. They actually, um, they stopped the drugs. The money went, um, then they found out where the money was going because it was following the money trail. Found out it was all kinds of mm. fucking representatives in the fucking city that was crooked as fuck. It was, it was crazy, mm-hmm. bruh. But I was like, I, I seen this on the wire. <laughs> so it was just like. I, I think that's what's going on too. It's like if they got an overall increase in revenue or they saying that the recovery rate is better, mm-hmm. they got money coming in. Where is that money going? And, and who has it? That's what they were saying. It sounds like the, corruption. It was on the wire. And it was, <laughs> it was the fucking senators and their fucking, their fucking representatives of the fucking city that was taking the money. It just, it was and, wild, bro. But yeah, I was like, I seen this before. That was the question I had last time. I was like, why are they allowing this to happen? Why do they want these people to come? It does seem like a, a money scheme. I just couldn't figure out where the money was going or where where they generating money from. Yeah. But if they're taking money from the taxpayers and spending it on whatever they want to spend it on because they saying, hey, man, we got to pay for these, these migrants somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they dipping into that cookie jar? Right. And now you got everybody on the street like me. We broke, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said I seen this before. Cause one of the one of the cops on there was like, was like, we got to follow the money. And he was like, we got to stop these drug dudes. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, nah, man, you follow the money, man, and that's when we gonna find what's yeah. really going on. You find and the they followed the money, yep. and they found all kind of corrupt politicians and shit behind it. That shit was good. Mm-hmm. That shit was good. I love. It. That's why I was like, that's why the wires to me is one of the best shows ever. Cause mm-hmm. they covered real life shit, and that was a real life situation. Right. And we're ha- it's happening now. They, they didn't pull any punches. Thank you, Young Peasy, for from- donate. Young Peasy, appreciate you donating. Hopefully, you have more. <laughs> hey, every little bit helps. It does. I'll take it. Thank you, Young Peasy. What you got for us? Um, uh, well, <laughs> my shit is more of the nasty work. Yeah, I, that's my next one. <laughs> next one is the whole timeline was so, sexual so, abuse. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so we're gonna end 2023 with a bang. So last week, if you guys <laughs> didn't know, uh um, me. Ca- Hands off. Cassie and, and Diddy, they settled their they settled the uh the civil suit. It was settled. She got what she she needed, and that was it. Or at least we thought. After that happened, well, let me go to who else was. After that whole situation go on, I just copied the headlines. Let's go with <laughs> Jamie Foxx faces lawsuit for alleged rooftop of sexual assault. Then we go hey. to Jimmy Iovine accused of sexual abuse and harassment in New Summons. 
Then we go to Diddy's mm. former bad boy president sued for sexual assault, Harvey Pierre. Then we go to Marcellus Wiley, an ex-NFL and former ESPN analyst accused of rape when he went to college in Columbia. And then we get... In college? Diddy. Sean Diddy Cone faces new alleged uh, allegations he drugged and raped a woman in 1991, filmed The Attack. I actually read this on Thursday Night Lights. Spokesperson for Diddy denied the claims to the New York Post and called this suit a money grab this time around. The filming includes allegations of hip-hop mogul uh, giving her drugs that <laughs> that lulled her into a physical state where she could not independently stand or walk. Uh, it goes on to describe that how he drove the alleged victim to the music studio where he could, where she could not get out of the car before asking her to take, before asking, before taking her to a place where he was staying to sexually assault her. Uh, the plan, the complaint goes on. Complaint further alleges that Combs video recorded sexual assault, uh, unbeknownst to the victim, and that a friend of hers revealed that she had been uh, recorded days earlier. Um, and then after that, damn, another suit came out on Diddy. Uh, sexual assault suit as well. Um, they're just coming out of the woodworks right now. Now, when I was on Thursday Night Lights, I told I told people, I told the listeners out there, I said, hey, this is what happens when you have someone who steps forward, kicks down the door. And says, yo, this motherfucker did this to me. Now, yes, yeah, so people, I think a lot of people's opinion was this was a money grab. They settled so fast. But in all honesty, I think it gave people a more opportunity to come forward with their stories about what happened with Diddy. <sighs> a lot of these people are filing um, before the act, uh, The uh, what was the act that we said last week was called? Adult Survivor Act. Yes. So they filed a lot of these people filed this before the uh, the the act was done, and I told people I said if you I said on Thursday Night Lights I said if you didn't know how nasty the music industry is when it comes to women you're about to find out because there's a lot of people that's gonna start coming forward with their stories about what happened, sexual assault allegations, so on and so forth, entertainment in general. I, I, I don't know. I don't have enough information on all of these stories. The only one that kind of had a lot of information was the Diddy one and the, oh, excuse me, the one with uh, Harvey Pierre, who was his former assistant and president of Bad Boy Records. <sighs> what do you think, Shogun? All these people going coming forward and, and, and with these sexual allegations. Diddy has uh, animately said several times, this is a money grab. Both of these new suits are money grabs now. How do you feel? That's cool. You can we can make all the accusations, but let's see the proof. That's all I want to know. Like it's it's great that you're coming out and you're saying your truth and you're telling everything that happened, but let's see the proof. Uh I think it's mighty I don't want to say this, but I have to say this to give some kind of balance to this conversation. It's very convenient that everybody's doing this all at one time especially during the year where they have this America uh, American, they have the adult survivor act and the adult survivor act expired before Thanksgiving. So everybody had to get their lawsuit in before the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And, you know, normally in these situations, stuff like this is kind of confidential. 
especially victims and all that stuff, the only ones that people talk about are the ones who actually come out and say that, hey, this is me, this is my information, and, and, and that's when they can talk about it. The headlines are great. They look they look good. They look great. And there is eye-catching. We all looked at it. We're like, oh, another sexual assault. Oh, another sexual assault. And we're all looking like, oh, man, these guys are just doing it wrong. But what proof have we actually seen? That's that's my whole my whole argument is going to be show me the evidence. And with the evidence, I'm cool with it. You can convict these guys. You can do whatever you need to do. But it looks like these guys are just getting hounded for a quick payoff. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't a problem a couple years ago when it happened, why is it now all of a sudden a problem? And I'm not trying to make light of the situation because I know these niggas are nasty, but it does seem kind of odd. Now, I do have an article. I can read it here, but in the, I, I read through it earlier myself. It says that... Uh, Who, wait, who's this pertaining to? Survivor Act. It's all of these cases. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we clear. It's from the AP, so Associated Press. It says the Adult Survivor Act launched over... 2,500 sex abuse suits, and it's now expiring, now that it's expiring. Um, For a year, the special New York law has cleared the way for a wave of headline-grabbing lawsuits against famous men accused of sexual misconduct, including former President Donald Trump, hip-hop mogul Sean Diddy Combs, and the comedian Russell Brand. Do you find it odd that no men... That I've heard of, no men suing any ladies for this. Yeah, like it's it's only one sided, and, and I will say, who was that? Jamie Fox was on a rooftop. Yeah, like the victim explained, um, they met at a bar. They went upstairs. They had a conversation. Then apparently he took her into a corner, stuck her fin- stuck his fingers inside. She didn't want to do it. His Apparently his bodyguard was there and seen the whole thing go down, and that's what. All right, that's that's great. That that that's great. Let me let me explain the situation from my point of view. So I'm Jamie Fox. I'm at a bar. This beautiful young lady comes up to me, and we started talking. We hitting it off. I say, you know what? Why don't we take this conversation upstairs over here? It's a little bit more private. I'm famous. I don't want all these people in our business. We can have a little privacy. That's fine, Jamie Fox. Let's go. So conversation's getting good. We're flirting. He puts his hand on her leg. And maybe she opens her legs. I don't know. But I can see that situation being, it's Jamie Foxx. I'm having a good time. This is a great date. I don't want to have sex with him, but I do enjoy flirting with this man. We're going to stop it right there. Where is the line of the sexual assault here? Did she slap him, throw a drink in his face and say, oh, this is it. I'm, I'm done with it. We're, we're, Jamie Foxx, I don't want you to put your hand up my dress. And she probably did say that. And that's probably the truth. But it's one thing to say that Jamie Foxx put his hand on your leg or he put his he went he violated this woman by forcing his way on her. OK. How do you fight that in court? Like what kind of evidence will you present? Let me give you give you something else. Um, I had to pull up the actual like uh, story. So it was also said that in 2020, the same individual filed a nearly identical lawsuit in Brooklyn. Uh, the case was dismissed shortly after the claim. Uh, the claims were no more viable today than they were then. Uh, this is I'm getting this from AP2 from the Associated Press. Um, we're confident 
that uh, the, we're confident they will be dismissed again. And once they are, they are Mr. Fox intends to pursue a claim for malicious prosecution against the person who's charged, who who's trying to sue him. So it looks like Jamie Fox was like, soon as this is dismissed, I'm going to sue her for this. I don't like none of this. I, I don't like either one. It, Jamie Foxx could be 1000% guilty and still get off scot-free. That's my whole argument. It's just like, if it was a problem back then and you tried it and it got dismissed, it goes back to how do you prove these situations? Because it's not much evidence that you can say that he sexually harassed you. Maybe they have a camera or something that's showing them two walking off into a corner. But I mean, I, what are they supposed to do? You can't do a rape kit for back then. And it doesn't even sound like he raped the lady, but he did violate her. And that's that's unfortunate. That's wrong. And I'm not trying to make light of it. But it's like, what do you want the law to do? You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate making it sound like these ladies are powerless or I don't want them to be able to take advantage of the men either. Even if the men took advantage of them, it, it's I don't know that sounded way wrong. We'll just see how they do it in court. Fuck it. <laughs> Whatever happens in court, it happens. But this this uh, adult survivor act, it, it's only it's doing away with the statute of limitations. And it's sad that we have to have something like a statute of limitation. But this is unchecked power of the courts. The courts are now allowing cases that they were normally dismissed to be allowed in the court because of this special law that was signed into. I mean, I, mean, I guess it's legal. Because it's it's a law now, but that's some. I refuse to believe that these guys are that rich and powerful that they can get away with this much bullshit for this long. Mm. Like somebody would have shot these motherfuckers, mm. or stabbed them, or killed them, or something. Hmm. Hmm. That's a your point. It's a nasty. The entertainment industry is very nasty. It's a lot of crazy shit that goes on still to this day. I was I was referring back to actually two interviews that I watched. Well, the Ashanti interview when she was talking about how, you know, there was a a, a producer that said, yo, um, you know, if you want to get these this, these beats, um, you're going to have to, like, come over here and take a bath with me and, and essentially fuck. You know what I'm saying? And then it was an interview about a year, maybe two years ago, where Lotto was talking about how there was a person who wouldn't clear a feature unless she, she fucked. Like, it's just a lot of nasty work that happens in the industry. Completely just terrible. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, this is my first time even knowing about the act. You said something last week that um that um I didn't even research enough. I should have researched it a little bit more. I, I'm just not thinking about it today. When you was like, this essentially was an act built to catch Donald Trump. I was like, is that, is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I talked. To, I don't know if you remember the episode where I was talking about, uh, oh man, the the Jewish dude who turned on his own people. They they always use him as a bad guy in the news. God damn it, what is his name? George Soros. I don't know if you remember the episode where I started breaking down the information about George Soros. I don't remember, but I. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we we literally yeah, have it. You, I mean, it's, you be talking so much. I fuck that. It, yeah. I mean, I can literally go listen, go back and listen to it. Well, yeah, I, I did talk about it. I pointed it out then. I said this is a misuse of justice at that time, or of the law, 
And I feel like it still is today. These people who are getting swept up in this is just bystanders. And it might be the needed outcome, though. You know, if they doing this much fucked up shit, hey, bro, we need a balancing of the scales. And it, I didn't know the Russell Brand one was the, the weird one to me. They said that uh, Russell Brand in I don't know if he was in Europe, but he was filming a movie. I think it was Author. And during the movie Author, he's apparently sexually assaulted one of the, the staff. And she filed a case. And that case is now being. They said he was fucking with minors before. I don't They say a lot about that dude, you know, and, and the conspiracy webs, you know, the conspiracy YouTube channels are like, no, they just mad because he started telling the truth. I don't, I don't know. It's just nasty work right now, bro. And I'm I'm more of the wait and see stuff too. Like I want to kind of get a little bit more educated on some of this stuff before I can kind of full on move forward and be like them niggas did that shit, but it ain't looking good. When you, when you say you want to be more educated on it, are you saying that you want more information to come out in the courts? Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair for me to 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 to, to ask. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, except for the Diddy stuff. The Diddy stuff that's just been out there for a very long time. Anybody, anybody who reads music news or have been just listening to interviews or just any of that stuff. Those types of things have been coming out about Diddy for years, mm-hmm. for years. And nobody's been able to kind of just move, step forward and be like, yo, this nigga did that shit. Um, so some of the stuff that I've heard about him here recently, I'm not necessarily surprised because, again, I've watched interviews. I've, I've you know, mm-hmm. it, it's been out there about this guy for a while. Um, I just need a little bit more information for some of these other people, just to see how this how these lawsuits are gonna. Because when Jamie Fox, when the Jamie Fox situation came out, I was like, Jamie Fox, yeah, exactly. Damn, this nigga just got finished <laughs> having a stroke. And well, I mean, it, it didn't shit. just happen. This happened years ago, I believe. But I mean, when the news hit, that's what oh, I'm saying. You. When the news, when the when it hit the timeline, and it was just like Jamie Fox, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to believe that Jamie Foxx did something like this, but I wouldn't put it past Jamie Foxx doing something like this. Also, I I don't think it's something that we should look past by saying that these rich and powerful men are using their influence to get women to do things that they normally wouldn't do. But I, I just don't know. Uh, it's very convenient for all these things to come out at one time and let it be that they do have a new law that is allowing them to get revenge or justice or whatever, however you want to say it after, you know, this time. But it's just, it's so weird that this many people are sexually assaulting this many women. I just, that, that is the, the real thing that I'm disgusted by. And I hope that is not true, but mm-hmm. it seems like it is. Mm-hmm. I hope justice is served. Put it that way. Now, do you feel like financial compensation is the same? Is just as good as I mean, sending a nigga to jail. 
I mean, when you violated by somebody, somebody's like forcing themselves on you. I don't think there's any amount of money that could fix the situation. I would feel comfortable that I hurt you financially. So yeah, that makes me feel better. But dog, you took something away from me. You took my innocence. Like, nah, there's, there's nothing that could ever feel. There's nothing that could ever fill that void of what you did to me. I know that's, that's what I was like, come on, bro. You could have just went on without making an eye in the face. There's nothing. <laughs> just, there's nothing that you could do to fix the situation after you've done something as heinous as rape somebody. So mm-hmm. I would love to know that this is actual justice, but it it, it kind of just feels like mob rule because are these courts going to be in front of juries or in front of judges? Because I think in Trump's situation, he was found guilty by the jury. And I don't even know if the lady brought any kind of like proof. It was all accusations. And so it's like, okay, if you don't have to have proof, you could just say Trump did this to me or Jamie Foxx did this to me and you're going to get awarded money. Shit, I'll sue too. If you a lawyer in New York, this is the perfect time. Yeah, you ain't got to worry about budget cuts on your end. Well, maybe you do. Eric Adams is <laughs> being charged. Hey, not well. right now. It's I only- think Eric Adams, she was in what? From, what, his was from 94? Bro, come on, man. Like, uh, <laughs> Wait, think about it. Okay, on, hold on, hold on. Adams. I'm going to use myself. I did distinctly remember one time, it was like a New Year's, I got so drunk that I was dancing with some chick in a club and I'm dancing on it. I'm rubbing on titties and ass and all types of shit. Could she now come back with this law and sue me for dancing on her in the club? I don't know. You don't live in New York. But I'm just saying, if, if Alabama had one of these laws and I did it in Alabama, I don't even know this lady's name. I don't know her, but she recognizes me from that drunk night in the club and I'm drunk touching on her and all this shit. Is that sexual assault? To her, possibly so. If she, I don't know. I'm not a woman. Yes. All right, I've I've been groped in a club. From 90, I've from, had my dick grabbed in oh. the club. I could now sue that woman for grabbing my shit in a club because I determined that as sexual assault. Go for it. Something about this isn't up. right, and I don't have the wherewithal to word word it the way that I want to. What, but what if it was? What if it caused you a lot of mental anguish when it came to like relationships or a sexual relationship with somebody? You don't think? Yes, that, that be, is a problem. I mean, don't that you is think- a problem. And I'm not talking about that situation where somebody actually raped somebody. That's what I'm thinking. Where we call mental anguish, dance, drunk dancing on a chick, and I'm grabbing and fondling on her. To me, I don't think that's sexual harassment. I am wrong for doing that. And she would probably push my hand away if she didn't like it. But you've been in a club where ladies danced on you and you've been handsy, as they say. It ain't right, but shit happens. Put it back on me. I've been in a club where I grabbed somebody <laughs> and, and she looked back and she she smiled and we keep on going. It's not sexual harassment in that moment. But if she didn't like it, then it could be perceived as sexual harassment. That's where I'm trying to figure out. Where is that line? And then after you find that line, how do you prove that I did something wrong in that situation? Because there's sometimes where it's cool for the vibes, but then any other, if if you go past the point of where it's cool, then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, how, how do you argue that. this situation in court? 
because now you're going to have a jury of people saying, well, he's rich and powerful and all he has to do is just wave his money. He can get away scot-free. No, I'm just dancing and I'm having fun with this woman that I thought she was saying, hey, let's go to this point. And maybe she changed her mind. And maybe Jamie, clearly in Jamie Foxx situation, he didn't rape the lady. He violated her or rubbed her mm -hmm. on her and she didn't like that part. But maybe he got mixed signals in that mm -hmm. situation and he moved on. He left it alone. He didn't go anywhere from there. I don't think she should be able to sue him after that point. I feel where you're coming from, but it does depend on the person. And, and the some people are comfortable until they're uncomfortable. And some people right. sit through uncomfortability because of who the person is and their right. status. Does that make sense to you? That makes perfect sense. And at that point in time, they may not have felt like that was sexual assault or so on because, well, I don't want to fuck up the vibe or, you know, this is Jamie Foxx, so on and so forth. And then Jamie Foxx don't want to fuck with her. Then it gets to a point to where like, and I'm just, again, just saying, it might have given her some type of mental shit with she can't keep a fucking relationship and i know that a lot of people might be like come on cole what the fuck but she might not be able to um have a relationship she may not be able to have sex or think things the same way because of this whole and i'm playing devil's advocate with this shit because of the whole situation with jamie fox that might have fucked up everything in her mind from from the rest of her life and and she's just like i deserve justice because because of that night of him putting me over in that corner even though you know, we both was consenting at first. I told him no. He kind of kept going. Mm, I just don't. I, I haven't been able been right since. You got to pay for this shit. Okay, that I, I could see that being a legitimate lawsuit. I just I don't know how you would argue that in court because now it's just really going to depend on is the judge going to see it as well? It's just the vibes. It's the atmosphere. Or is he a sexual predator who is just plotting and, and finding women who are by themselves and push them over into corners and force his way on them? Like, sucks that women have to go through these things. And I, I hate that I'm speaking as ignorant as I am, but I'm trying to be as honest as I can be as a man in this situation. Yeah. I don't think you should be held accountable. I don't think, I don't think it's, it's wrong for you to speak like that. If that's how you, if, the, if you're trying to be upfront and honest about it, I feel you, man. I ain't finna sit up here and <laughs> I ain't gonna let you sit out on the ledge by yourself. I understand where you're coming from. Those questions, those kind of questions should be asked. Mm -hmm. it, it's nothing wrong with that. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with you saying, yo, well, how do you prove this? That's just, I, God damn it. We <laughs> live in a fucking me. world where you can't be. We live in a world where you can't be dumb or ignorant to the fact of certain things because that's just, we don't come, whether you guys believe it or not, because we don't get paid for this shit, we don't come across these things all the time. I don't have money like Jamie Foxx or Diddy or Eric Adams. I don't have that kind of money. Um, we read these stories and we, we, we read what the media feeds us. And then we have to do independent research. And on top of that, we're two, we two dudes. We're not women. We don't know. I can only go off of the women that I've talked to in my life and the stories that they've told me. I'm a little bit more sensitive to those facts because, again, and I, I know, Cole, you bring this up every podcast. My mother is a survivor of domestic abuse. She is. You know what I'm saying? 
As I got older, she started telling me more about certain situations that happened between her and my father. Mm -hmm. And I tend to be a little bit more sensitive about it because, yeah, sometimes (laughs) motherfuckers be in love and they don't really understand what the fuck is going on at the point at this point in time. It's like, well, how does she not know she's getting her ass whooped? I love him. Sometimes love blind people to a certain fact or what happens in their life when they're being abused. Sometimes you don't even know it's abuse until it goes off. Until something says, bing, hey, this ain't who I'm supposed to be. This is not supposed to be happening to me. I'm I'm only speaking on the situation that the lady's bringing up about Jamie Foxx upstairs in the corner on the rooftop. All this other nasty shit like Puff Daddy filming these ladies while he's raping them. That shit right there is open and shut case. I'm only going to the Jamie Foxx situation because I can identify being in a situation like that. I'm on a fucking rooftop. This shit is sexy as fuck. I'm Jamie Foxx. I'm famous as fuck and I'm rich too. And this chick is fine. Dress is short. We drinking. Let's have fun. Oh, this ain't what we doing? I'm sorry. My bad. I apologize. Oh, wait. 20 years later, she's suing me? Come on, bro. Ain't even 20 years later. I think Jamie Foxx was like 90. What was his? 90. It might have been early 2000. Who knows? Um, it's 2023 bro i just i think it's just one of those things man where we're we're just we want i want to be well way more informed on certain situations because i'm gonna be honest with you there's a lot of women out here we if we keep it in the stack there's a lot of women out here who claim this shit and it ain't happening to them and they're just looking for a payout that's what i'm I'm, trying to say that's just to me that feels very disrespectful to my mother who to be yes. honest with you, her only payment was a fucking divorce. That was it. A divorce from my father. That's the only payment she got. She didn't get shit else. She got nothing. She got the freedom to be able to be uh, in poverty. That's what let she got. You, let me ask you this. Should laws be retroactive for the faults of a previous law? Like, say, if if your mom had nothing from her settlement or her situation. All she got was her freedom back and then to be in poverty, as you said. Should the future laws or the future ladies who go through this situation now be compensated because something didn't happen that way previously? I don't know. Because the laws... Laws change so much or... They implement certain situations because it's something that's unprecedented that had happened before. Mm-hmm. And we got to, or they implement, you know, if we keep it in a whole fucking buck, they implement shit to catch certain people that they don't want on the streets no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even talking about rape no more. Look at the crime bill that that happened that put a whole bunch of motherfuckers in jail for set for weed. They <laughs> implement they shit. Right. They implement shit for a time to be able to catch certain elements to think they're doing right or decreasing crime or decreasing these animals on the fucking streets. And it's just like, I'm not real versed in law like that. I am a nigga that just knows what he knows because he looks up what he looks up. That is it. Um, So it's just one of them things, man. Where I, I don't know, bro. I don't know what we do. We're so people pleasing these days when it comes to certain situations I don't know. I I don't know anymore. 
the laws the laws bounce around so much for all these different types of cases and we're and we don't even really know how to handle a lot of these situ these cases or these situations especially mm-hmm. the ones who are actually getting abused yeah. <laughs> the people who get abused sometimes don't even get the justice they deserve even when they step up right yeah this, I guess this is why this shouldn't be something that we argue in the public uh, this is something that has to be in a courtroom that way you can you only have legal interpretation and how they apply the law and you only have the facts it shouldn't be no opinions about these people. It shouldn't be no judgment, no biases. But we already know you ain't going to get that in the courtroom either. But some of these people, the best way to destroy them ain't even to... to, to the best way to destroy them is two ways. Their mm-hmm. public perception or their mm-hmm. pockets. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the only way you can you can get justice. Or if... In some cases, it ain't justice. Sometimes it's revenge. And well, sometimes it's from a situation of somebody saying, I don't want to be with you. Oh, but you're going to pick that bitch. Right. Right. But that could happen. Yeah. we See, that's the thing, too. We don't think about the scenarios. Because I know it's a lot of people who listen to our podcast who have a friend that has done that before. Hmm. That's not like we don't have people in our lives that we don't know that has done some revenge type shit mm-hmm. because they're unhappy about the next person that they're dating. Oh boy. Uh, I, 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 Hey, don't worry. I'll die on the hill too. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to speak my truth, but I I'm trying to be understanding of both sides of this. That's my whole thing. I want to be a balanced podcast of the conversation. I'm with the ladies. Get your money, get your bag, but only get it if they actually did this shit. Don't just be coming up with some bullshit just so you can get a quick payday, but that's what it looks like. I hope it isn't a whole bunch of rampant rape and sexual abuse going on, but it I don't know. It probably is. And listening to to female rap, hopefully they just uh, glorifying the bullshit and not actually going through this, but watching rap shit on HBO, I'm like, damn, I could never be a female. I still ain't watched this show yet. Sorry, a woman. I I still haven't watched that show yet. I haven't hit play on it yet. It's it's not bad. It's depressing at times. That's what people keep times. saying. <laughs> people keep saying, oh, it's not bad, but that ain't, that don't mean it is good. It ain't the greatest, but it's got ladies half naked in it half of the time, so I mean... <laughs> Put it this so way: It's like the city subscription for. It's like City Girls, the come up story. Yeah, like California. Yeah, they're based off the that story. Is they was executive? They are. I think they still are executive producers of that show. Oh, the City Girls. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they team with Issa on that. I didn't know that. It makes it worse. <laughs> His one chick, she just be going home with all these random dudes. I'm just like, what are you doing? But whatever. I don't know. I hope justice is served. That's all I can say. And 
talking to actual ladies who've gone through this stuff, because I, I have talked to women who've been through these situations. Bro, that shit's it makes my blood boil that some guy would do some shit like that. Yeah. But clearly I just admitted to sexual assault and I didn't know it was that at that time. I mean, I was drunk in a club. Mm. Did you have so, shoes on? Yeah, I had my shoes on. It wasn't hot in the club, my nigga. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had I had drinks to keep me cool. Oh. No. Hurricane Chris, right. he ain't had no shoes on. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You got anything else? Uh, yeah, I was going to say how, it, since we were talking about nasty work, who, boy, Tyrese and Joe Buttons. All right, that's all. That's a fake, bro. It's fake? That's not real. What that's you mean? not real. Joe Button just dropped the Patreon episode of Tyrese. Apparently, now this is what the Reddit streets are saying. Apparently, the people didn't give a fuck because you know every you know every year around Christmas time, Joe drops Patreon exclusives on YouTube. So he dropped the the one with um the first one he did for this this month going into the year going to the end of the year is the Tyrese one. Apparently, it's not doing the numbers that they thought it was gonna do. So it all started with like Tyrese and Flip. Tyrese was talking about Flip, and you know the guy. <laughs> He called, he was like, I don't even know who you are. You're the guy who sits in the high chair um, in, on the podcast. But they've been on live together before, so how does he not know who Flip is? So gotcha. a lot of this shit is being drudged up. It's not real. Well, I don't think that it's real because I've seen Tyrese be on live with Queens Flip before, and he's... Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So Yeah, anything for the numbers for the podcast. Hey, let's right. let's just start suing podcasters who just lie on the podcast knowingly. <laughs> Academics? <laughs> I don't know. But that's it's not. Well, I don't think that it's real. People might think otherwise, but I'm like, I kind of see, see the play, bro. I think the, the situation with Tyrese that I found kind of interesting is that his wife or ex-wife was trying to get him back because she said, I shouldn't have listened to all these people that were in my ear. And I'm mm. just like, oh, here we go. We don't need this feather in, in men's cap saying, see, I told you not to listen to them bitches. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you you would have still been with me. I'm the greatest thing that ever happened. And you listen to your homegirls and look at you now. You're poor, broke, and you want me back. Right. Like, we don't need that. Like men have it hard enough trying to be faithful and right in these streets. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we need that type of bullshit. But. Yeah. No, they're just trying to drudge up some numbers. Cause that interview we have that they did that interview months ago. That's been on Patreon months for months now. Wow. I don't know. He had a whole long list of things like for the women who did this, this isn't for you. You shouldn't listen. I was just like, man, shut the fuck up. Now Tyrese might be taking it over the edge. He might be going a little far with it. <laughs> Cause Tyrese is not all the way there. No disrespect well, to people who have mental problems. And I, Tyrese has mental problems also, but this whole thing, this has been a, the, the interview had, the Patreon the Patreon episode has been on Patreon for months now. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So people already heard this. This is just not being free. Boy, it's a nasty world we live in. <laughs>
Then he the gonna clip, tag. If you go, if you just go, you could go to uh because I followed your bird podcast on on uh Instagram. They've been put clips out of, of this interview months ago. It was a Patreon exclusive. The thing is, in the post that Tyrese put, he even hashtagged um LeBron James talking about this is my audition tape to be on the shop. I was like, bruh. Nigger groupies, nigger groupies need to be assassinated. Well, don't go to Reddit and type in Joe Bun Podcast because the 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 amount of di- and I start <laughs> he has a community on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck you want to call it that they get on every Sunday. I typically get on there too just to kind of hear mm-hmm. the kind of bullshit they're talking about. There are times when I want to say shit about the show, but it's kind of hard to get up on stage because everybody's talking about some bullshit and I just want to ask Parks like, hey nigga, did you listen to that new Alchemist? But that's not a music podcast anymore, so there's that. But the the type of shit, the, the type of head that these niggas get on that fucking on that uh fucking uh Twitter spaces is ridiculous. I mean, it's terrible. Oh my god, that shit ain't even there for what you think it is. Like you, you would think that it would be there for people to ask real questions and and shit about the pot. Nah, man, they on there stroking egos and. Right, giving head. It's it's horrible. Jalicia sent me a, a clip, and <laughs> oh no, she made a comment about one of the clips, and she was like, "This nigga peen riding," and I was like, "That's so disrespectful, but it fits perfect." If if anybody is clit riding or clip hopping so hard that they now are peen p e e n riding, ah, man, you mm. just you lost your man card, bro. People like the Mr. Richard and uh, clips. <laughs> I hope they like I'm broker then. Help a nigga out. Shit. Thank you, Augustus Washington, for giving your donation to uh, the, the podcast. We appreciate it. Augustus Washington, we appreciate you. Appreciate it. That's all I got. We'll see you guys next week. She is kind of fucking with my money, but I mean everything I said, <laughs> and I'll say it again. BYK Radio. Radio.